2: crazy how life goes Until I met you, I always thought I would die alone But now I know the feeling of heaven when both the eyes close With your head on my chest, letting the time go And since I met I know nothing has been the same I picture perfect painting inside of a perfect frame Wild child got in some trouble back in the day But I don't give a fuck about the reputation that you made, yeah Keep it real, ride or die to the end, row. buddy got my back like she do when it gets low. Fucks like a porn chick, parties like a rock star. Spray paint our names in a heart on the stop car when I'm with you, I don't wanna leave here Anything you need is give me the time and place I'll be there Anybody hating, mistaken for thinking we can For the first time in a long time, I see clear Yeah, I'm hypnotized by the way that she feels Ain't no limit to the love and the things we can feel The butterflies in the rise, she got loose to kill And if I die, she gon' be right there, so Come, my lady, come, come, my lady You're my butterfly, sugar, baby Come, my lady, you're my
3: pretty baby i make your legs shake, you make me go crazy Come, my lady, come, come, my lady You're my butterfly sugar, baby Come, my lady, yo, my pretty baby I'll make your legs shake you You'll make me go crazy. The- well, well, welcome
1: to... Oh, you probably thought that this was going to be another... Uh, where after the AEW collision, we sift through the wreckage, but instead we've got an HMG extra for you because just because AEW takes a week off doesn't mean that I do. So I have called in a couple of ringers here, uh, to help me provide a little bit of extra content to end your weekend. And I have with me a couple of OVW brothers that you may or may not know. You better know. Uh, and, uh, they have been, um tag team partners of mine they have been tag team opponents of mine and they've been friends of mine most importantly throughout all this time uh whether we've drifted apart or not but ladies and gentlemen i am bringing to you we have karn alexander joining us here and of course we have one half of the longest reigning to this day nxt tag team champions of all time Vic the Spacelord is joining us, and boys, um, welcome to the HMG Extra, and thanks for uh, coming on.
4: Yeah, thanks for for having us.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since me and and Karn have seen each other, that's for sure.
1: That's right. Uh, So how this came about, besides the fact that AEW took a week off getting preempted for basketball, uh, was that, uh, you know, uh, Karn reached out to me, and he said, Hey, what's going on? Long time. I said, Hey, what's up? Uh, he had taken a social media hiatus so I respected that and I uh, didn't bother him and uh, he just let me know that he's got some uh, irons in the fire coming up and uh, he was interested in uh, coming on and talking about some of those uh, he wanted to bring on our buddy uh, Vic here too and I said well I, that's what a coincidence I was also thinking about doing something with Vic again because it was it's been a, about a year uh, since he came on so I was like that's what we're about do so um yeah we're calling it in the ring kind of guys but uh but karn so um like i said you got some stuff that you got coming up uh but we'll get to that uh, maybe we should start by talking about the past maybe we can go with a past present future type of uh type of gimmick here so um you know um we're we're we're, we'll, we'll go on the uh we'll go on down memory lane and uh but i'll start with you um talk about like i guess we'll start by you uh, coming through those doors of the Davis Arena, and what are your memories of that? And then tie that into uh,
4: me and Vic because we want to hear more about ourselves as well. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, so, man, I was just thinking about this actually the other day. because so I was thinking, about, you know, we're probably going to talk about some some pastimes here on the show. So I was really thinking about, you know, when how it came to be. And I was just talking someone about it how it came to be that I started in pro wrestling and. It's funny because when I when I I started right out of high school, like I don't know if you guys remember I was like 19, 18, 19 when I got the OBW. What? I thought you were 35. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's no, that's that more me. closer to now. We won't say exactly what my age is now, but you're you're closer to the present time. We'll get there though. Uh but I remember after graduating high school, everyone, all my friends were going to college and stuff, and I'm like, man, I don't I don't want to be in school right now and anymore. Like this is not because I knew if I would go to school right now, I'm like, I'm probably just gonna drop out. That's just a waste of time. So, uh, I, you know, just everyone else that I knew that wasn't going to school was going to the army. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should go to the army. Like, my stepdad was in the army. My grandpa was in the army. And and it's, uh, this isn't a secret, but a lot of people know I, I was in a uh, wrestling magazine about this, but I, I had epilepsy as a kid. And I still, to this day, take medication for it. don't have it. don't have the disorder. But obviously, at the time, I still also took the medication for it and... I remember the recruiter calling me and being like, hey, you know, where you just graduated high school, you know, as they do trying to recruit people. And I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, I, I'd really been thinking about it. You could tell that I was the first yes he got this day. He's like, all right, cool. I just need to, like, go through, like, a couple simple questions. He's like, you got any pre-existing conditions? I'm like, well, I had epilepsy. I took like, medication for most awkward silence in my life. Like, <laughs> this dude, I thought he, he was more upset than I was about this. He's like, oh, that's a. Uh... That's a disqualification i'm like well, are you sure i could like i don't know do something behind a computer for the army or something he's like no nah, man they're they're super strict i gotta sorry and basically just like hung up i'm like okay i'm like well what do i so that's that's kind of like where i started to really think about wrestling so i was like all right what do i enjoy doing and i was in wrestling in high school but i felt like my career kind of as a high school wrestler collegiate wrestler wasn't going to take off because I wasn't super great, but I was decent. But my senior year during sectionals, the last chance to prove myself, I got mono. So I had no ending to my wrestling career as far as high school went. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna look into professional wrestling schools. And right. it's basically own... the same thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah, right. I was... <laughs> funny, funny side note is I still thought it was real before I got in the ring at OVW. That was, yeah. that was a fun time. See, guys,
1: uh, I told you some
4: of the marks still believe this shit. Anyway, <laughs> but... Well. Well, you know that was that was a while ago but uh but i remember my only criteria for going to OVW was it was the closest school literally no research had no idea it was linked to wwe just was like i want to wrestle this is the closest place i can drive to i'm gonna do it as soon as possible and that's kind of like where i started i remember my my mom since i was right out of high school she was like i want to make sure this is an okay place so i'm going to go with you and so we just strolled out into al snow's class advanced class with me and my mom like hey, I want to be a wrestler. And I'll like, I remember tap Seth Skyfire on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, will you go deal with this, please? <laughs> Seth just runs over like, hey, uh, who are you? I'm like, oh, I want to be a wrestler. He's like, oh, come back on Monday. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I drove three hours. He's like, well, yeah, we can't do nothing right now. I'm like, all right, I'll be back Monday. So Then I came back, got it all figured out. And kind of as far as OVW goes, the rest is kind of history. And that's how it started out for me.
0: I had mean, you never watched ovw on tv there i had
4: never watched ov i had never watched anything but WWE in my life at that point and wcw but i mean at that time they are the same thing by then
1: um so vic were you already there when cody uh karn came uh and no, i think and, he was uh, there when i was there when okay I so so you came after karn
0: yeah yeah i, I think, think it was too long it too long it was like right a... Maybe well, that's why months. I can't
1: remember.
4: It's uh, it's very hazy. It's well, very hazy. It was enough time for me to have gotten through. It was at the time Tank Tolan's beginners class, so it was at least a couple months I was there, and I remember being in rips for not even a couple weeks, and then Vic Vic showed up.
0: Oh, okay, because yeah, even Tank, I didn't. I don't think he did the beginners class for too much longer after I got there. <laughs> uh, I had forgotten yeah, he I had can't... ever done it. Yeah, well, because he was there for just that little bit. And then I remember, like he kind of went to Ring of Honor for a little while at the end of that, and then
4: I, I know, definitely remember him again. practicing Ring of Honor moves in beginners class on people. So yeah, that that checks out. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what beginners classes are for.
4: So <laughs> oh, I need, so I need
0: more kids to, to bump around. Damn right. <laughs> uh, so
1: so so you guys missed the blonde bombers era, then. Yes. Yeah. That was dude. There was when I got to. OVW and O5 for the first time, they had the sickest tag team division. I mean, it was it was it was Tank and um Chad Wicks. Yeah. They were like, you know, they're two ex, ex, extremely short jack guys. Perfect, <laughs> yeah. right? They were the blonde bombers, they had the heart throbs, heartbreakers, whichever you the knew them breakers. as. Yeah, well, they like, had one name in WWE and one name in OVW, and I always forget which was which. Uh, gotcha. Um, I like I just they were heartbreakers, they were super over. Uh, you had the uh, the thrill seekers, which was uh, Johnny Jeter and Matt Capitelli, yeah. and then you had Eminem, uh, you know, Mercury, Nitro, and Molina. Yeah. Um, so or Matthews, it was Matthews still at OVW. So there was your just just for little old OVW, there's your four team division, those were some. Mm-hmm. Dude, you would not believe how over the heartbreakers were. Um, And that was where we were still trying to, uh, like before the Wednesday TV taping, we would have to come in and set up like 250 extra chairs just for all the people that were coming to these shows. Then, you know, fast forward to when you guys were there and Heyman was there and we had to sit in the audience to fill seats. You know what I mean? Like that just shows you the difference um yeah see
0: i was there after Heyman was there too Same, yeah i didn't he was didn't, gone oh
1: you miss Heyman entirely wow okay. yeah
0: yeah completely which i you know at the time i was like oh that really sucks and then as i got to know him later i'm like i'm not too upset about it <laughs> although i mean granted he's still the best the greatest spot in tv history ever to me is still when dean hill told uh jeter to fuck off on, on tv that was still the greatest moment in all wrestling history as far as i'm concerned i've never seen anything that has come across that legitimately real and i know like paul heyman was the one that was behind it so yeah that's what i give him credit for (laughs) well as 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 lovable
1: and cuddly as heyman is these days um back then it was a little bit of a chore you know we we the the post-show meetings were like hours long And everybody was just so tired and wanted to go home. And, you know, so not the greatest uh, opinion of Paul Ham. Anyways, so, all right. So, Vic, you get to OVW. Now, on the one hand, you have Karn, who's fucking Mark, thinks this shit's real. (laughs) You, on the other hand, already wrestler. yeah You've already done stuff. You've been places. You're trained. (laughs) And, you come in and this is like um i will say i will say it for you you won't say it but a little beneath you where you were like the kind of stuff that you were doing with us a little beneath you your skill set uh but anyway yeah i'm that's that's how i'm gonna tee up uh where you talk about your sort of like first experiences walking through those davis arena doors
0: i mean i don't think it wasn't beneath me by any means they still learn in pro wrestling today like you're never not going to learn something in any situation I just the hardest part was kind of like figuring out where everybody else was at like when you were putting together matches and stuff Um, I mean because especially there like there wasn't a lot like you know when we do the drills with rip and you would go through like just your chaining drills type thing working body parts and doing the heat and the holds and stuff like that you could see really quickly who had a clue or who had done a little bit and who was just there playing wrestling because they, you know, wanted to be a pro wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't really have the concept down of what pro wrestling is supposed to look like. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then we had a lot of guys that like, maybe they didn't look like they'd be pro wrestlers, but they had the concept. Like there was definitely some guys that, um, uh, I would say advanced really quickly in certain areas like and there's you know even just with guys like Tubby Tommy or Fang or Sonic whatever you want to call those guys mm-hmm. um they didn't look like they would be pro wrestlers but they all worked really well and they were mm-hmm. ahead of a lot of other guys um, but I mean so that was kind of surprising but most of the time I didn't get to work with guys like that as you know in the matches yes. we were in there was always like there was like one person usually bleeding eight other people that had no fucking clue. Um, which is always a struggle. I mean, before I got there, like I worked a lot of guys that were inexperienced or whatever, but they would follow along and it wasn't, it's not as hard when you're in just singles matches with people. But there, I know within that DCW environment we were in at, at RIP's class at the time, there was so many guys that didn't have a clue. So you were trying to do a very basic ABC in a match and, You know, ninety percent of them were weren't really past A at that point to even put A with B and C.
1: We were on TV. That's the crazy
0: part. Right. I mean, what was it? Like the local access though? Because it wasn't on the same no, it was the it was the
1: network. It was it yes, it was. It was the same. Yep, it we came on after OVW, and our show was two weeks out. Like the show yeah. that we taped one week wouldn't air until the following Saturday night. So we would be on after, uh, OVW aired. Um, yeah. so that was kind of a death spot. Cause you're talking about 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, but and it Google. was definitely on the CW. Yep. Wow. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's so funny.
0: yeah. I, Cause I can remember like watching certain things. And like when I was working between the two shows, kind of finally al had me as eric doom on ovw and you know i was apocalypse on dcw Mm -hmm. and i couldn't remember there was one night i was on like the last match of one of the shows and on the first match of the other ones and the two names were different and i'm like but i'm still the same person and it was just ridiculous you know what i mean i was like how does this make any sense
1: who who came up with eric doom al snow it was all al
0: yeah it was all Al hundred okay. percent he's just yeah he didn't like apocalypse i i remember we were in saint where was it that, that gym like saint therese is that which place it was it was the gym where like the locker rooms one was like underneath and then the other one was like over above the the gym looking down but yeah there was one day before a show and al's just standing there looking at me kind of <laughs> doing his humming and hawn deal and like, i'm gonna call you eric doom <laughs> all right whatever dude right. He, he, it, okay, was, it wasn't his
1: preferred apocalypse wasn't his preferred marvel no. villain he he went no. away from x-men and went over to the fantastic four side yeah so.
0: well i was more of a dc guy i, I believe I think. well Partly afterwards so that made sense because dc always has terrible names for their comic <laughs> <drama laughs> characters yeah <so. laughs> but yeah i i'd actually forgotten about that until I don't know. Maybe a couple of years ago, I was doing an interview with somebody, and they brought it up, and I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot that I was called that for like a month or something." <laughs>
1: you know, I was I was perusing your Wikipedia page, and I thought, "Man, if this thing falls apart, I can just go to that, and we can make an entire show out of that because I got some questions about that." But anyway, yeah, that's where I saw it today. I was just like, "Huh, nope.
4: Eric Doom? I missed that one." Um, was it? You know, was it last one last of them? Uh, also, Zach Black. There's one show that you uh, came
0: out. I don't of, know. I don't think Jack Black. It's like, possible. That sounds like that sounds like it, a name. I
4: would remember. remember remember being like, "So, are we doing a parody of Jack Black and Apox going over to comedy now?" Like, what? I I think it was just one time. I think it was one. I think it was right before Eric Doom. You guys tried that, and then it was like, or it was right right in the middle of it, and then you went back to Eric Doom. But I was remember being in the back and hearing Zach Black. I'm like, "Who the fuck is Zach?"
0: Yeah, and I was that's like, "Oh." Question i know i tried to probably use zach like when people would like ask me certain names like even when i got to fcw you know that i had to have a list of like 10 names and zach was usually something that was always in it um i think when i was a kid i i had a fake id it wasn't really a fake ID. i found somebody's like uh, birth certificate and their name i feel like it was zach wild but that's not right it was some or it might have been but it was spelled differently <laughs> Than the actual guitar player and uh yeah i used to use that to buy tobacco products when i was up, <laughs> up in canada I'd be like oh i lost my id but here's my my birth certificate or whatever yeah
1: yeah this is what i carry around i don't yeah. have my id though <laughs>
0: yeah i mean back then you could get away with it sometimes
1: you know well everybody's very nice in canada right so i'm sure they would understand that you yeah well, you're you in know, a pickle places just
0: yeah some places wanted to sell minors cigarettes and stuff so it wasn't that big of a deal
1: money's money (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah So okay so so karn you're 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 in the you're in the middle of this you're finding out that wrestling is not in fact real uh it's, it's a work uh and uh you're finding out what even that phrase means right yeah um so you know obviously i'm there to help you uh and uh you know so so just sort of sort of talk about that sort of awakening and transition of like hey wait a minute um where when are we when are we going to use the
4: chairs (laughs) yeah yeah so i i mean i remember my first class in the beginner's class i they were like hey just watch you know your this is your first day just and i'm watching this stuff and i'm like oh shit, this stuff isn't what i thought it was like and i'm like like getting a little nervous and i'm like okay well you know what? i'll just start from ground zero i'll just whatever and out of nowhere tank like just says hey uh cody because i went by cody then so i come 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 into the ring and i'm like oh okay i come in the ring and he puts and and the only other person in the ring with me is lupe viscara the 19 year old phenom yeah
0: 19 forever
4: And he's like, all right, guys, we're going to, I'm going to give you an example here. Cody's going to give me an example of like real reactions and real wrestling. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. So we had this drill where he's like, just, you know, give him like a waist lock, like a real wrestler would, like, you know how to do and don't let him go. Like, don't let him do it. Mm. And Lupe for the life of him could not get out of the waist lock or the locks that I put him in. and that was my first experience with it i'm like okay so i kind of got eased into like okay there is some relevance to real wrestling carrying over here i mean they're both wrestling but you know i can kind of delve back into that for inspiration so i got through the beginners classes i mean like it's just a lot of bumps and you know running ropes and in the middle of it we started doing a lot of cardio for some reason like we had to do like 200 squats, 50 sit-ups and like 50 push-ups every day before we were allowed to get in the ring. Because I guess someone higher up was like, Hey, some of your beginners, kids are out of shape, make sure that's fixed. And I mean, it was easy for me to do. Cause I was, you know, in three sports in high school and just got out of high school. But then like, I don't remember, I don't remember his name, but one guy the first day that he had to was asked to do squats, he just walked out and never came back. And I was like, okay. Um, but fast forward to rip's class i remember i remember when apoc came in and you know i was like okay this guy has a similar kind of kind of character to me and stuff and i was like thinking about it and i mean it took me a few weeks to to get up the courage to ask ask this but i remember we were on tapings and i just sit down by apoc and i'm like hey would you would you want to do like kind of a you know a apprentice master gimmick with me and he's like yeah I'd, I'd be into that that'd be cool <laughs> and, like I was so nervous asking him because I thought he was going to be like fuck no because like you said he's this guy who you know came in had this all this experience and stuff and I'm like still like I don't know less than a year ago thought it was still real and you know then then that kind of took off and I we I was thinking about this the other day too I'm like we never had like an actual tag team name it was always Apocalypse and, and Cody Carnage or when I changed my name Apocalypse and in Carn Alexander we never got to the point where. We did like a lot of weird stuff in our gimmick, like we put Fang in a bag, and then uh, Richard Cranium was was a part of the gimmick for a minute, where he kind of like stole me with friendship, and I remember doing some sort of promo with like coloring books. I think that was a a Pops thing that he he came up with, Uh, and it was we did a lot of fun stuff, but it was super like super gimmicky, Um, which was at the time I was really green. I was I was a beginner, so I couldn't really do the whole really big matches with technical you know like anything like really storytelling i had that and that's why they i was put with with APOC to kind of help help uh gradually get me more seasoned in that kind of like part of the business um but then uh, at a certain time it was almost like i don't know correct me if i'm i'm wrong APOC but our gimmick kind of our, our team kind of just got cut off when you kind of got taken over to obw i remember and i was talking to Josh ashcraft about it the other day and he's like no, there was, a, there was like a showcase where you beat him with a backslide. <laughs> and then nothing was ever seen again from it. Um, Weird. I don't even
0: remember that one. I was trying was... to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember too because I know. Man, I can remember the fang in the bag and the reveal. Oh, we had Dark Fang. And he, he spit the mist in Cranium's face. Yeah. I thought I did something with Cranium right after that and i think he got hurt i remember i think i hit him with a belt and uh he got hurt i can't remember if he got concussed or something else happened to him or what it was and i don't know if he ever got back in the ring again for
4: well NCAA. i think it was like it was kind of difficult during that time to do any kind of long-term storyline because that was when wwe kind of pulled out of OVW
0: yeah it was because that was near our, our end of dcw
4: yeah people were leaving because of that and then some people stuck around and then was feeling it out but then would be like yeah you know i'm going to go do my own thing somewhere else so people were coming and going constantly during that time yeah. or people that came in were like okay this wasn't what i thought because i expected it more you know something else when like when wwe was here so it was hard to keep a storyline going because we'd start something and then out of nowhere, they'd be like, well, we're not going to be here anymore. So figure it out. I remember, I don't remember his name. He went by his, his like nickname was the best body in the best, Jason Static. Yeah. I remember as soon as WWE pulled out, he left and we were in a gimmick with him, a
0: uh, kind of storyline where that's I was right. Like, you were doing, that's why I always remembered his yeah. roses thing. Because then yeah, he just yeah, stand to, up in the in the meeting when they were like, Hey, if anybody wants to leave, because WWE's not here anymore. Yeah. Like he feel and he just stood right up he's like, Cool, thanks, I'm out. He's got to have left.
4: And the next the next day, because we had already announced the match on like the website or whatever. So we had yeah. to cut a promo and it was like, Hey, Karn. Like I, I I was like, I think it was I already took care of him in the parking lot or something. Like I ripped up the roses because I my character didn't talk. I just like growled and you know, said a word here and there and a like, all right, are you ready for your match tonight? And I just hold up some roses and like rip them apart just to show that it was already taken care of. He's like, all right, so we need a new opponent. And that was the solution to, to that one. But that was like, that's happened. That happened constantly with our opponents and stuff during that time. And I'm, I'm guess I'm sure it happened with just more people than just us. Cause I mean, like I said, people were coming and going, but I mean, I will say like through that time, even though it was kind of like chaos, I did learn a lot through being partnered with APOC and just in class in general and you and I remember uh, pops was helpful with like character work. And another one that comes to mind was Ali. Um, Ali Akbar was super like very much like, Hey, didn't really officially take me under his wing, but was always like trying to like give me advice and help me out. Um, So in my opinion, that was a good time to be there because there was a lot of great people that were really knowledgeable. Um, so for somebody like me that was really new, it was kind of like just this wealth of information that everyone was like willing to help each other out because of the circumstances. And it was kind of a great, great time in my opinion to just be at OVW and get to like, just absorb all that. Oh, uh, no. so that's kind of like the next step in my, my process of pro wrestling went. Yeah. Okay. I
0: mean, at that point in time when we were all there, that's one of the only times I've ever seen that many people, Kind of come together in a close knit group, always working to really like be better all around. And it wasn't just like one person kind of like centering on them to be better. It was everybody trying to make everybody better, trying to make the show better. Um, You know, things were, you know, obviously rough for a little while when WWE pulled out because even like a, you know, as awesome as Louisville is for wrestling fans. A lot of them fucked off at that point in time and they, they stopped coming to Wednesdays for a little bit. And you know, a bunch of our other shows as well. And there was a bunch of us that were really just trying to step it up in every way possible, like all across the board to keep people coming in. And obviously it kind of yeah, worked. It was
4: like their favorite wrestler <laughs> left and they left. It was like it's like, Well, if my people that I liked aren't gonna be here, why should I come back? And it was
0: Yeah. Which seemed crazy to me because like Danny had been there. Years before without WWE, I don't see why you know what I mean. That was what the people kind of based their their quality of show upon at the time, because like obviously OVW had been a long running show, a long running territory without WWE for a long time before. And Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, I'm glad to see that they're still going. Like, uh, it just I think it speaks volumes about what everybody has done in those doors, especially now that you know Danny's long gone and everything. And you know there's there's enough there that it's that it's kept going all these years and i mean i'm pretty proud of the fact that we were all part of it to keep those doors open to to see it still thriving nowadays
1: yeah there was a um there was a big sort of resurgence in the i guess the uh, awareness of ovw after guys like cena batista all those guys that you always would hear about came from there when they made it to tv the words ovw were thrown around a lot and that's you know that's certainly how it came across my table um i'm sure you heard about that vic and stuff so uh and now it's like even more awareness with this past year with the wrestlers on netflix and everything is right. like really shining a spotlight on it so it's it's good um for perspective i believe i pulled out before the wwe so a lot of that stuff that you were just talking about um with fang in a bag and whatnot like i don't think i was there in physically for that i was trying to follow along with what you guys were doing Mm -hmm. but i wasn't like a part of that because i'm sure i would have roasted you for it if i was in the building but (laughs) but i think
0: think your your former partner uh, yes this was adonis this yes this was the great drink 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 connection correct connection by that yes, yeah awesome. rough
1: rough rider, over yes and uh so and uh, i believe they had a little thing with sergio too sergio is in the chat and sergio says uh he says um a quote from al barone wrestling is real life is fake
0: uh <laughs> all a rib it's, bro
1: it's all a, bro, rib. a rib
0: They're one of my favorite people to this day. Oh
1: yeah. Oh we'll get we'll get to him. We'll get to him next. Um the other thing that Serge commented earlier was uh (laughs) I remember Karn's favorite wrestlers were the odd combination of Kane and Chris Masters. (laughs) So (laughs) I actually I got to
4: wrestle Chris Masters finally. I got I got one thing knocked off my bucket list when I was when I was wrestling, at least. That was yeah. He was. He, I, he was, I, I was Chris. Could, Ma- he was
1: definitely Chris Masters I, in that I match, and I got, got were to do definitely... the master
4: lock. Room. And after that, I continued to use the master lock as my submission finisher for a good while. Yeah, I asked him like, "Can I do the master lock to He's like, "Absolutely." It's like I'm going to break it, and I'm like, "Well, yeah." Like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I just. Yeah, kept I, I can't that.
1: wait to break out of it, kid. <laughs> uh,
4: it's very like it
1: very. it's a very Scott Hall like. What's your finish? Can't wait to kick out of it. Yeah. Um. The uh. So so Vic, this we're gonna it's very small tangent here Hmm. um lupe viscara right (laughs) got signed uh then disappeared in fcw um no one knows ever what happened to him after that except you might that's you're the only person left
0: who could i don't know what happened to him afterwards but i know what during yeah i believe this the story that i got so of course I wasn't there firsthand for this, but I've I've heard this story told because it, he was kind of a legend. At like mm-hmm. after you know we had left, and then even being there, because I think one day I heard Dream bring him up about being because he was still like saying like oh, I'm 19 when he was in mm-hmm. FCW. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't. How long was he in OVW for and always being 19, right? At least um, a year, or two years, right? And so I I guess. Somebody took him to the dentist or, you know, it was something like that. And somebody saw his actual birth date on something and it turned out he was like 28 or 29. So like mm-hmm. maybe something like that, possibly early thirties. I believe it was actually even better. of What I'd heard was Bradley J or J Bradley mm-hmm. was the one mm-hmm. who had found this out, of course. So then he, he stooged him off, I think to the office. Um, and I think he was just like fired like released like shortly after that actually came out because i don't know if he'd been like lying to the to the office about his age or something because they all seemed to be completely clueless that he wasn't 19 or whatever it was but yeah it was all because of like some medical sheets uh and somebody saw his actual he wrote his actual birthday down on something and he was definitely not 19 years old but i don't i think he just never really i don't think he learned english any better which they were pretty Dickheads. he was a native english up.
1: speaker
0: yeah i mean like i saw i won't throw whoever it is under the bus because i
1: okay. don't really love
0: them but like they they happened to shit on one of the japanese guys while i was there and their their words were like well if you don't if you don't learn to speak english you'll be speaking japanese back in japan was actually a, a, a line i heard someone say to a, mm-hmm. to a signee you know what i mean after they cut a promo and i was like wow what the fuck that was also a pretty epic day of uh seeing some unreal shit <laughs> all in all in that conversation so but i really like who who said the conversation so i won't bury their their racist tendencies. fair enough um yeah
1: so i remember trying to follow up with you guys the best i could uh not it was like nobody was too interested in covering fcw so it was kind of hard you know the best i could usually do was like house show report like oh these guys had these matches and that was it you know yeah i remember constantly you know looking at that and trying to see what was up um i remember i don't remember where i got it from but i remembered get some dirt sheet thing about like the one thing about lupe that i ever heard was that uh people were struggling with him in the ring like he wasn't getting it you know and uh as as a guy that you know has wrestled lupe on television in a real match um i would always just pretend like uh you know i was wrestling myself like shadow boxing or something i just i just tell him what to do and he did it so it, it wasn't you know it wasn't that hard for me to get something basic out of him but um you know how things were the culture at that time was like a lot of I always describe it as and feel free to disagree if this wasn't your experience but when we were all like trying to break in in that oh six oh seven oh eight like in that time it was like one of the worst periods for wrestling because i thought you had the least like the least amount of actual talent but you also had all all the backstabbing bitterness and you know, just, just that kind of a, that kind of a thing. It seemed like, um, you know, they would be more concerned with making you look bad to make themselves look better than to just try to make yourself look good. You know, like, I like in that, in my example, it's like, uh, people would think that Lupe was a good wrestler right. if I had a match with him, not just to put myself over, but I'm just using that as an example. Cause I, I, I know. And then if other guys down there couldn't do what even I could do, then is that more an indictment of them or is it more an indictment of Lupe or whatever? So I feel like a lot of that was really going on there. Instead of worrying about trying to do what's best and shining that way, they would make sure to make everybody else look as bad as possible so that they move up by default. Would you agree that you saw, you know, a lot of that going on around that era?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it was so that they'd move up by default But I mean, there was definitely a lot of like kind of bullshit in that aspect because like, but I don't know. It it was kind of dumb to me because really you're exposing how fake something is. You know what I mean? With the way that the people would do certain things. Like when you're just trying to like show that somebody can't, like they don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't know. I mean, it doesn't make you any better by exposing them in the ring. Like we're supposed to be, right well also do, do, you, do you think terry taylor
1: doesn't know what you're doing or something you know what i mean like somebody well, so, like that is not gonna be able to see through
0: your little juvenile right. but so certain guys like that i mean not. i couldn't say terry i that i had an interaction with him enjoying that kind of thing because terry takes a lot of shit pretty seriously when it comes to wrestling mm-hmm. but there's definitely other guys that love to see that kind of shit so mm-hmm. it's maybe not to get yourself moved up but you're trying to get over with somebody um and so that's well, by why yeah ex- and by ex- extension explore. right you know the little bit of politics of like maybe the promoter or whoever's booking says like this guy's the shits go out there and really show the people how shitty he is so we don't have to fucking deal with them anymore type of thing and then they get a good laugh about it afterwards um, but i mean most of those people they still kept the jobs like there's definitely a good point when I was in FCW where I got there and I looked around and I was like, man, there's like, I don't know. Like, so say there's, I mean, there was maybe 60 people signed when I first got there and there was 10 people I could look at when I first got there that I was like, how the fuck did these people get here? Like just knowing all the people that I'd known, seen all the places, you know, just like the world of wrestling in general and being like, these were the, you hired these 10 people out of everybody else out there. Like why? And I used to be kind of clueless about it and started to bother me for a while. Cause I'm like, man, these people like make the day fucking go longer. Um, you know, sometimes you might get some funny shit out of them, but it's not like funny in a good way type of thing. And then somebody had said to me, bro, they're here so that we stay here more or less, you know, because when it comes down, when it comes time that they've got to start cutting people, these are the people that they cut. Don't cut the rest of us they cut these guys makes it easy and i was like well okay i guess that kind of makes me feel better but not when you know we have to spend time of the day like trying to teach these people things trying to work with them on things trying to make ourselves better with these things like that's not i mean conducive to me to be a healthy work environment and then a lot of those people too they would just get shit on the whole time they were there like and then they'd kind of come become a joke a little bit and i mean most of those people i never never heard or saw from them again type of thing you know and even when i was in fcw at first i was like man everybody we worked with in ovw for the most part especially the people that stayed after wwe pulled out all deserved to be there and you know none of them were like one two other people from ovw at the time were there who had been signed from the same Thing that I did, and uh, one of them didn't last, which I was kind of surprised at. Um, that was Garrison. Is that his last mm. Garrison Creed? Tall well, oh, it was uh, Gavin
1: Garrison, is I what he, his working name was, right? So that's
4: it. Yeah.
0: yeah, so like I was surprised because I feel like I can't remember if he got released or if he quit. I, I just remember like there was a bunch of people that quit within my first like six months there, and I was like, holy, fuck, like this is insane. But it's the way the business goes. Like even now, like I have students that kind of come to me with some of the same kind of issues about things like the way people are in the locker rooms and I mean, mm-hmm. my experience in locker rooms for the last while has I thought it had been a lot better. I think there's certain places that like people get their egos, but they're never gonna go anywhere else. so they like to hold their egos very closely to their hearts and uh, what they think is really important. But that in turn just kind of fucks your talent up in the long run because you, you'll take advantage of kids that uh, I don't know maybe aren't as hard or don't have as thick skin, you know. And that's yeah, that's the thing. Like wrestling, you need a tough skin. I, I, whenever my students have asked what's the one most important thing in wrestling that you need, and I'm like, thick skin, because you're never going to get approval. You're going to get fucked with, and it's going to be in ways that like you never you never know. Like even now i get told things that like i'm like what like it doesn't even make sense i don't even understand how that flies in this day and age certain things right uh, and it's right. just like always mental games for somebody to try to make themselves feel better at the end of the day and make somebody else feel worse
1: that's yes that's that's true um i'm not going to uh it, this is a a great segue but we're not going to segue into anything major I just want to ask one question. I can ask it to both of you, um, but uh, we don't have to get into it. It's a simple yes or no answer relating to, um, you know, all the stuff that we've heard recently about, let's just say some inappropriate behaviors and cultures and stuff that's been going around, right? Like we've all heard about it. We don't have to discuss it. It's a simple yes or no answer. Either one of you,
4: uh, are you the least bit surprised? Yes or no? Karn? I no. I'm ne- I learned pretty quickly even though I in wrestling I just I'm not surprised by anything at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, Vic. Uh kind of, yeah, actually. Which is the funny part about it. Like I would say no, but when I read when I read some of the things, yes, mainly because of the time frame um especially with how much I'd seen the company grow in a corporate mm-hmm. fashion while I was there, watching things change, um, especially like all based corporately. Like every every change that occurred within that company was corporately um, while I was there, um, and it mm-hmm. was all to kind of stop things like that from happening. Because as we know, wrestling and entertainment in general for a long time had been the wild west where people took advantage and and you know they do shit like that. Um. So, like, you know, when I first saw like the initial allegations or whatever of whatever when he had to retire, the couple of mm-hmm. years had to retire the, the couple tweet. Of years ago. Well, yeah. time to retire, <laughs> right? So, like, that one didn't. That one wasn't surprising because that was from something in the past, you know. And that to me, like, obviously, like, there's tons of dirty history within pro wrestling, top to bottom. But for something to come out that happened within like the last five years, that's pretty shocking to me. And I mean the I don't know what, you know, obviously all of this is still kind of going. Yeah, but yeah. when I saw the the text messages or whatever that were supposedly sent, I was like, man, this is that's not the dude that like I ever dealt with, obviously. Right. And it seemed much more insane to me, considering I have taken, I was forced to take classes or whatever you want to call them about things not to do. Those text messages are number one on the list because I will tell you this, all WWE talent is told from pretty much well day one when you get there. If you take dumb pictures and you send texts on anything, it's kept forever. It will never go away and it's going to be public access if anything ever comes out of it mm-hmm. so to see that stuff happen within the last couple of years super surprises me especially supposedly being from vince
1: well it, mean, the rules don't apply to him right obviously I, so
0: I guess like but, you so, that's I for mean, guys like
1: you you got to take the classes right I mean who I mean. do you think you are trying to get over and you know make yeah. the company money like what?
0: <laughs> yeah take a class right? like it's just it blow, so that kind of blows me away i was surprised by that um hmm. well, the insanity of it all doesn't surprise me i'm just surprised right. that it you know it, it happened recently to have something like that happen gotcha all right well
1: um let's go back to more fun stuff uh so karn like well both of you guys had a you said this like you sort of gravitated towards vic because you said had a similar sort of feel that was when i
0: was wearing a cape
1: yeah he's a cape with a hood <laughs> don't forget there uh, was a hood on mom that, cape. Gave me that yeah yeah cape. don't make it seem like it was just superman's cape this was a cloak i believe is it the was, word would a be very more nice accurate.
0: crushed velvet cloak actually
1: dude that's so sweet man um yeah you still got it
0: i'm sure it's got to be in my mom's basement i don't think it's with my other wrestling stuff here because i think uh. I, I don't yeah i haven't <laughs> Dug through it all lately. I've got a few things in my
1: closet. Back. Hey, your cloak lives in your mom's basement. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it just
0: might. There's
1: a bunch yeah, of so, so, uh, so yeah, um, you guys had you guys had a, a similar vibe, right? Um, but again, you're just a kid coming from school. So like, you know, and you probably tried a few things, you tweaked it over the years up until let's just say today you probably have an idea more so who you are today than you ever have and what you're, what you may or may not do. Um, but like, how did you like, what was your, what was your process? Cause I think we all had to at wrestler as anybody who was wrestling, we had to at at some point sit down and be like, okay, well, what can I do? Because everybody's doing everything. So like, what am I going to do? Right? So like, how did you sort of land on, um, You know where where you like how did you what's the evolution to where you ended up like i guess is how i'm trying to say it
4: well it's it's interesting because i pretty much at ovw just did whatever i was told i remember i think it Mm. was roadkill that told apoc hey he needs a leash and i was like all right so i'm like i'm gonna and i was trying to you know impress people at the time because i for some reason when i was a kid i didn't understand the concept of shut the fuck up and listen i always had questions because i wanted to learn and even though it came from like a, a place of like innocence kind of i want to be a better wrestler so i want to ask these questions it it got me heat basically of um, course well
1: everything everything that you ever did gets you heat um
4: yeah. that's
1: the first lesson i learned uh too uh, is everything you do is wrong
4: um, and I, I didn't learn that lesson so i just kept doing more of yeah. the wrong stuff and thinking okay this time it'll work but setting that aside uh because of that, I was like, all right, I'm going to do everything I'm asked to, but even bigger. So instead of getting a leash, I got this massive-ass chain that was probably like you know, 15, 20 pounds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably like 10, 15. It was heavy.
0: Yeah, it even was now, heavy. I'm sure if I lifted that thing, I'd be
4: like... But uh, I bring it to APOC, and APOC like, oh, well, you know you got to wear this. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And he's like, you got to wear it like every time we walk out. And I'm like, I got it. And, like, and I did it. And it's the same thing with like, I don't know, there was like a time when Ray Ramsey was booking and this was like very like in between like transitions. Cause that's, you know, who we had and dude hated me for the longest time. So every match I was in got the fuck beat out of me and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be the best, the best guy that gets the fuck beat out in there ever has been. And I would have like guys like Vic, the bruiser and, and, um, Vito Andretti or Guido do and ready and anyone he like put at me i'm like they're like are you you know you good with taking chops i'm like do as many as you want and They're like you know i i hit hard i'm like yeah do it and i'd like and every time afterwards they'd be like why are you getting beat up like you're you do what you're told and you're you're good i'm like I'm, people don't like me anymore i don't know but like so that i never got to develop karn in ovw i was kind of the guy no matter what i did that just got beat up a lot um after the whole apoc thing
1: What know well, well let me let me before you continue let me rewind even back because there had to be a point before any of this and you had to say yeah. like all right well th- i gotta go out there what am i gonna do so the cody carnage i remember was basically just like you know some sort of modified paintball mask uh contacts and yeah, gloves yeah. So, and
4: little sweat. winter
0: soldier deal right
4: yeah, it was yeah, a, little, a little bit. It was basically um my initial idea was I was just I was the goth kid in school. And I'm like mm-hmm. I'm it was literally just bringing that over cuz I I wore contacts and fangs in high school. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. new to me. So it mm-hmm. looked like a character to to people at OVW because it was so outlandish, but it was pretty much just me. The only difference was I couldn't cut promos, so I didn't talk and I just made him more of like a creature type deal.
0: Cuz
4: you know changed my stance a little bit with how i walked and my posture and and just like promo wise just made noises and kind of let kind of apoc take the reins on what needed to be said when something needed to be said Mm -hmm. um but then like that developed those developments happened and i kind of like slowly started to peel away that character got less and less like the contacts came out um Still wore like the red and black collars. The mask came off. The mask was the first thing to go. Cause like, and that happened in OVW. Cause I think it was Adam revolvers. Like you need to show your face. Don't wear a mask. Why are you wearing a mask? That's not your gimmick. You don't wear the mask the whole time in, rest, in the, in the match. You're not like a luchador. Don't wear the mask to the ring. Cameras in your face closest when you're in your entrance. P- you want people to know who you are. Right. And like, well, yeah, I'm like no more mask. Okay. Then slowly the next thing was the contacts. Like again, same thing as the mask. They're like a mask just for your eyes. Don't use contacts. Okay. So it was really like I, I don't remember who else. I think it was Pops and, and Revolver that really like started to get me out of the whole whole goth thing, or at least to an extreme degree. Um then I kind of took a little break from OVW and didn't really do any wrestling. I did like a couple indie shows for free because it's what I liked to do and I but I wasn't good enough to get paid at the time. So I just you know drove to to southern indiana every week and just you know kept in ring shape um
1: let me press pause on that right now vic what do you think about that what he just said about the uh pops and revolver saying you know hey get rid of all this shit. what do you what do you think about that
0: uh, i mean i get it because i think that was one of the things where like it seemed as much as it was you it's like that goth kid in high school and I think they were just trying to get you to evolve from that. Um, but I mean, in wrestling, it's always those things. Um, right. Where like you take something away and then eventually you're going to come back to it, but you'll find a more natural, fitting way to do it. I don't know. Sometimes the people that like say these things, and this is nothing against Pops or, or Adam Revolver because they're both very good uh, with character stuff and evolution of things. But sometimes you got to strip all these things away to just bring it back, but to make it work. Um, but I think that was kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, it was kind of to get you to evolve into more yourself instead of just being the same kid that you were in high school. It was like me getting rid of the cloak and putting on a cowboy hat and you know some jean shorts that I still wear to this day. Um, it's just how it goes, you know what I mean? Like I got. Same thing when I got to FCW and I got signed. Like I had to, I'd cut my hair and shaved my face, mm-hmm. and uh, then it turned out I had to keep my hair cut and my face shaved. I had to cut my hair even shorter, you know, mm-hmm. or else I wasn't going to be there anymore. And then, just like what Dr. Tom told me, he says they're going to tell you this shit because sometimes they got nothing else to tell you, and they don't know what else to tell you. And this kind of goes around like this is classic wrestling anywhere. it'll all come back full circle and you're going to wind up doing the same shit that you got told not to do in the first place right that's right
1: that was my that was my whole point of throwing to you in the middle of this thing because it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know man um i feel like those little details or whatever that could set you apart i don't think that having those things is always necessarily a crutch right it's just decoration like if he's like, if you're wearing that mask out to the ring for your entrance, that's just accessories. Yeah. You know? It, it, they're still going to see your face. They're going to know who you are. But the people that see that mask, you be like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool mask. Nobody else has that. Mm-hmm. And then you get rid of it. They're like, hey, what happened to the mask? You know, they're already that little bit less invested in you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't always agree with that shit. One example I always think of in, in terms of that was uh, Del Rio. Like, he had a Bentley and fireworks and his own ring announcer and a little towel and like a bunch of gimmicks that was like really playing up how this guy is just fucking outrageous right and then one by one they're like now fuck all that get you don't deserve your own announcer just go out there all right you know what we're not we're tired of bringing a car out here every week so just just go out there you know what You don't need pyro. Just walk out there. Just you and your towel. That's it. And then I I swear he like lost the towel too at some point. And it's just like, you know, as fantastic of a talent as he is, I kind of liked all that stuff.
0: Right. Well, especially like on a show like WWE, you're watching it or the show part of it. Like that's all what made it. Like even, I mean, and it's heat, right? I I mean, (laughs) think about like when Eddie and Chavo used to come out. Are. Like sure, mm-hmm. your entrance might take five to ten minutes. I don't care. It's awesome. Like, it, I, take I mean, it I off my match. That it takes that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you can take it all. And then those guys are still going to get to put on a match afterwards. So it's great. Del Rio was kind of in that same same boat, and I don't know if it was just personalities that that caused things to slowly get stripped away you know what
1: i mean like um, eh, we can we can take some guesses why but but right. you know but so all right so karn now you're you're just a regular guy trying to figure things out now you're not well, allowed to do anything cool no and the kidding. thing
4: so just to, to backtrack a little bit i remember when they were having me kind of get get out of this character or whatever um and i was kind of liking it actually i want to make that like clear i was like i'm doing something new um you know being able to actually wrestle instead of being a gimmick i was like okay cool mm-hmm. but i was like man you know what if i just went a complete 180 and it never happened and i'm kind of mad that it never happened but me and ali came up with this because ali was helping right at the time i think came up with this cool storyline with uh her name was solo I I, I I don't remember her her full name
0: but um christina she's still yeah, yeah, yeah yeah christina i ran into her a couple of years ago
4: she uh she was like the, the I don't know if she was the ring announcer, or the aide at times she's get just getting into the ring stuff. Um, I came to Ollie with the idea like, what if there was some like therapist gimmick um that you know got me out of this like hypnotist or whatever, out of this creature type deal. And he's like, That'd be great if we had someone that could do that, but what if you did it for love instead? <laughs> and we had this gimmick plan where I fell in love with Solo and she was scared of me until I started like stripping all of like the goth stuff and became more of a just you know a wrestler and then like we did like a thing together where she was like my manager or you know intergender tag matches or whatnot never happened but it was a thing that like i got to the point where i wanted to do that and then who knows what situations occurred storylines changed i left ovw but but uh anyway back to like how i was developing my character Um, so i was at this point where i was still kind of like doing some of the goth stuff like i had i had tights now instead of like the pants um you know different kind of i don't know who to really compare it to um that's on tv right now or anything but there was still a goth element to it but i was a wrestler that was goth not a goth that was thrown into a wrestling ring um and i was playing around with that uh and i went back to ovw for just a visit one one time um, and they wanted me to do a match and stuff. And I, I was kind of going back into the contact and stuff, but I, this is when I gained like probably 30 pounds and Ali decided to take a whole bunch of pictures of me and send them out to guys that aren't, aren't there anymore. Look, Karn's on steroids. This is a joke, <laughs> but, but, uh, I was like, I'm, I'm really not, I really didn't, I never did anything other than stuff you could probably buy at GNC. I just learned how to work out and eat more. Cause that was my thing. I didn't have time to do or just didn't have the knowledge of. Um, but they're like, you, you can get a job now with how you look. So I went after, you know, I did my like week or whatever there. I started thinking about that when I went back into like my indie spots and started going more to like, a and the whole goth thing never really left completely, but it was like almost corporate goth. Almost. I got put in this group <laughs> where I like wore a blazer. It was, a uh, Rodney Rush was the manager of it. He like does a lot of indie stuff in Indiana. Um, he manages Congo Kong right now, I think, um, who's a good friend of mine, but, uh, Rush wrestling enterprises. And I was like the, the centerpiece in every place that he went, they put the belt on me, which I didn't, I was like, whatever, that's cool. But, um, I got to get more mic skills that way. And that's when I started doing more, more work on my promo type stuff and was more like the, I guess the. Trying to think of somebody I can compare it to. It was almost like a, a Damien Priest, like now, like mm-hmm. very, like has the gothic element, but can talk on the mic and can act, do the wrestling. And it's just like the gothic elements there. Got um, it.
1: Eyeliner. Got
4: it. Yeah. God, there was, there's sometimes I tried some stuff like that. Actually, I did eyeliner. Sometimes I went back to the contacts and it just didn't work. So I just relied on, you know, whatever wrestling gear I had with that element put on it. And, and really worked on on the promos and stuff and the character and got more in depth with it Um, but there was this kind of corporate element to it and eventually i guess at the end of my my indie run i i was realizing that relationship to the person people i was working with kind of brought out what character i was because a lot of um and i learned this a lot in acting too um, after the fact but i was with this girl um in wrestling she she was my little sister is what we decided she was because she was in um it was heroes and legends wrestling up in fort wayne and they put her with me because she was brand new she was in training and she's like they're like karn would you take her out to other other shows and you know kind of like let her be manager because that's what she wants to do she doesn't necessarily want to wrestle but she needs some different environments and on our first and now you know how apoc felt yeah right right Not exactly I, 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 think I had that thought at one point i was like man this is probably how apoc felt when i was like it's like damn but uh on our first show we we went to on the ride there i'm like how do you feel about being my little sister as a character and she's like Oh, um, that'd be great i'm like because pretty much every manager whether indie or or contracted is assumed to be the guy's girlfriend and she's like, "Oh, was that what we were supposed to do?" I'm like, "Not necessarily, but when you see a girl come out with a guy, and there's no actual character basis to go off of, it's kind of assumed." And so we started this whole gimmick where, like, I was the big brother, she was the little sister. We cut promos with her doing like little sister gimmick stuff. Like every time I'd say something, she'd ask me why, just over and over and over again. And we'd get in like bits like that. Um, so it was an element of comedy that I had never, I never got to do comedy before. So that added to my character, and um, during this time, I was going back and forth doing extra spots for WWE, and you know, working on promos and stuff. And and but I wasn't up to par with you know what someone like Dusty Rhodes would qualify as on television promos. So that was still my my difficult spot. But through those six six um, kind of promo sessions and stuff that I did as extra work, uh, I developed the character of karn alexander not the wrestler but an artist but the art that i uh um delve into is violence and i never used it i never used it only in wwe i used it for like a character that could actually be utilized um and they they love they they're like you you've improved greatly since your first time with us um um and basically what i was told was we'll call you and I was like, okay. Um, they're like, if we have a spot for you, if we have something we think you can do, we'll give you a call. And they're like, I'm like, well, like I'm. And at that time, I started acting school as well, because um, that's what they wanted me to work on as my acting. So that's why I went to college was because basically WWE told me to. And and I was like, well, do I need to? What do I need to do in the meantime? Like, honestly, nothing. And I'm like, okay. They're like, we'll retrain you. We'll you know do whatever we need to for the character we have in mind. Um, we just, you just got to wait on the call. So at that point I was kind of like enjoying acting a lot more because I was getting into more character stuff as other characters that I didn't have to kind of attach my former Karn persona to. Mm-hmm. You know, you do a play and it's, you know, all about the script, not about what you've done in your, you know. There
1: were no plays about yeah. Karn Alexander
4: out there. Well, that you could- <laughs> there were some, some characters that I did delve into Karn for, but I got more variety so at that point i just stopped wrestling and went full into acting and that was probably about i've done like matches for friends and stuff here and there in between the time but that was probably 2014 was when i had my last official match and it was against bob holly
0: the heroes huh. legends huh. you know it's funny you are talking about uh making your character into an artist because that was exactly what i did at one point in uh, really? FCW as well, and it was pretty much all the same context of that. And then uh, Aiden English went up and cut a similar promo of pre- pretty much all the same thing. Like we, like it was all kind of different context, but more or less the same thing. We were, we were both all trying to play off the art and the artistry of what we do. And uh, then I got put in this engine, so that all went out, out the bag. But that was actually like what i was what i was selling myself as as they uh made the switch for me because it it seemed seemed like something that nobody else was really doing um especially not properly uh like and even then english took it in a different direction you know his Mm -hmm. his art was obviously everything that he was doing but he didn't make it so much about the violence Um, but that was definitely what i had focused on because that was kind of the first thing that i managed to catch dream with a little bit when i kind of i think of the first promo i cut is that he was kind of like oh okay i kind of see this and i remember even chris chambers um he was like a, a longtime long time producer for wwe like and i don't even know if producer is the right word but he had been in the production and character development all that sort of stuff for many many years one of the higher ups within the company and he actually came out of the office the one day i cut that promo and he um He commented on it because he's like, "That's really good." He's like, "That's something you can sell to Vince because Vince always talks about uh, everything being art within the ring." And so that was he didn't even told me then. It's funny because I just saw a tweet about this yesterday. But why Vince always left the canvas completely clean because it's a clean canvas for us to make our art upon, supposedly. Um, But that was like a big selling thing, and they wanted somebody who could actually do something like that but and then
1: and then they said you know what a second thought just growl we're we're just going with growling now
0: i mean you you and
1: connor go growl
0: we didn't growl a lot at first actually i mean when we had to cut pretty intelligent sounding promos from from what i recall um we just did well you you growled the promos (laughs) i mean by the time
1: i saw you that's what was going on i i did think you you guys were intelligent i liked your promos uh but they were a little growly. Not that I have a problem with that.
0: I can't remember most of them that we did. No. But like that's if I have a terrible memory for things like matches and promos and stuff. Like there's only there's like a handful of things in the 20 plus years that still stick in my memory, unfortunately. That's
4: funny. What is, that um, it was oh go ahead. The same it was about the same time. I you I think you were in uh still in developmental when I decided to go that direction with my character for wwe mm. so it's it's interesting that that we kind of both had similar ideas at the same time somehow wow. um, but mine was uh my artist character i actually used reference to the canvas and i think they didn't like this too much but i talked about painting the canvas in my opponent's blood <laughs> at the time they were still kind of in the pg era and they're like yeah maybe um like that much violence isn't really what we're going for because i think john cena was still the champion and they were having like the kids show that they tried to do like the hour before Mm -hmm. raw or whatever and i'm like oh okay well you know like don't
1: don't take it literally he's just doing a promo for you guys (laughs) (laughs) it's not like he has to go out there and say the exact thing he says in front of you you know that's the kind of shit that's there
0: they were super funny about that stuff i'm pretty sure there was we got a promo one time that said do know we used the word die or kill and but it was right. like written it was written in the promo
2: right and when we
0: came back afterwards like i remember somebody being like why did you say this i'm like it's what was written <laughs> they were like well that shouldn't have been said i'm like i mean just doing what i'm told you know what i mean but they were pretty uh strict about certain words and phrases and stuff yeah
1: i definitely get that for you guys doing it if you're doing it for a tv or for something else yeah but if if he's just doing it as like an audition of sorts it's like yeah okay he, he, yeah, I mean, i'm pretty whoever, sure he's aware that he's not going to be having dragging a carcass all over the ring on television right he should but know I mean, who, that.
0: whoever like whoever you would have done it in front of like i don't know if it was regal or somebody else at that time they have like what's already implanted by wwe in their head true so that's what's true. weird is like there's not a forgiveness for like oh you don't know this it's just like you didn't know i'm going to tell you that's the bottom line
1: you know yeah that's,
0: yeah that's how that goes do
4: a striker matt striker was the one at the time oh okay
1: matt striker your teacher i like matt yeah. um all right so well so yeah so i would ask you vic too like similarly because you had obviously a string of things you were trying, you know, you as certainly uh, at some point were like trying to see what would stick. Um, I'm sure you also had something that you felt like, Hey, I know this will work. And then, so like from the very, what was the taking it back? Like to what we were talking about the very first thing, obviously now you've never been a wrestler, but you're going to be, and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? So like, what was your very first wrestling gimmick or like you know what was how did you first debut what were what were you doing and how did you arrive at that
0: uh in stampede i was given the name bishop i think for my first few matches okay. um just was, bishop
1: like again we're bishop. x-men characters or yeah.
0: Okay. yeah okay yeah i was named after two different x-men characters when i started <laughs> funny enough because um, yeah it was uh Hotshot johnny divine later known as havoc in tna uh uh-huh. um, Who gave me that name? Cause he was also like a, you know, comic
1: nerd or whatever. Well, Havoc.
0: Yeah, and so like, cause like he had stolen his name, like Hotshot from Longshot, stuff like that. Um, so I remember, yeah, he came up with Bishop. And I mean, honestly, I wasn't too much different than a young Cody Alexander, cause I had my um, cargo pants on and a black mesh tank top that I used to wrestle in. And honestly, like. It's kind of funny because, like, from all the people that I know from started who've like had a million different characters in their head, I was just kind of always me. I didn't really, mm-hmm. I don't know, I never really got. I was never good with names, obviously, since all of mine have been pretty unoriginal. Uh, so I never, I never had one kind of set and picked out or anything. Like, I just wanted to learn to wrestle and to wrestle. Um, so once I started to wrestle, I didn't really give a shit what I was called i guess like i think i might have had a different name too before bishop i can't remember what it was but um like even then i think i spent maybe a a month wrestling for stampede as bishop on these like you know town shows that they would run outside of calgary and then by the time like stampede i think they had tv for like i don't know Maybe a month after I actually started actively wrestling, they still had it. And so on one of my last, or one of my, my first matches was on TV against somebody. And I'm pretty sure I was, I can't remember if I was Apocalypse or Bishop, which one it was, but I know Bruce eventually, I just remember being at a show and him being like, I don't like Bishop. And I was like, you don't like me? It's like, I don't like the name. And then he sat there thinking about it for a couple of minutes and then he just went, we're going to call you Apocalypse. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, that sounds good. And so that was what I rolled with until uh, OVW pretty much. And then, you know, Joey and uh, Roadkill and Nick were like, we got to change this. And they're like, everybody just calls you APOC. So we're just going to call you APOC. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Because, I mean, the same same bullshit happened when I got to FCW. Who the fuck are you now? What's your name? Uh, well, I mm-hmm. gave them like 50 names. And, uh, you know, kenobi matt Marlero at the time was like you're not really selling me on any of these names and i was like oh i didn't know i was supposed to sell you on them like, i just thought i thought you guys just take whatever random fucking name sounds best to you and you put it in the, the computer for crap generated no 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 that's not what we do and i was like how'd you get mike mcgillicuddy then so that's a well. good rib anyway um but so eventually that was even when it came to like rick victor like i was like i'm gonna be called victor like i knew it like when i came up with that name i it was after like i'd had a meeting with kenobi the one day of overthinking all of this bullshit and i think i heard something on the radio and i was like rick victor and so i just texted him that and he was like that's stupid but it sounds kind of right for some reason and i was like yeah and you know we had even made the statement eventually you will probably just be called victor and i was like yeah i'm cool with that and so even when i got switched to just victor was not even by my choice me and connor showed up at tv one day and they just said you're now victor and you're connor with a K.
1: Mm-hmm. I went
0: all right cool yep so yeah that's, as, that's as always a, how my evolution has gone as i see
1: myself, a, tr- a true canadian just going with the flow not you know <laughs> trying to ruffle too many feathers
0: I mean i ruffled enough feathers and developmental as it was i was definitely a uh was full of a lot more piss and vinegar than you know than i am nowadays but you kind of have to be it's the only way you'll survive in those places so
1: well yeah um so so i i guess then i was because i was gonna ask but i guess you kind of answered it um but like i was gonna ask like so in all that time when you were kind of trying to fight because it seemed like you know you went through a a period you're trying to figure out what's gonna what's gonna be the thing like who am i actually gonna end up you know and i was gonna ask during that time if you thought you hit on something obviously they didn't they didn't end up going with it but did you think you hit on something before they just gave you the ascension uh Um, that would have been a money gimmick
0: or yeah you always just i mean it wasn't much of a gimmick I mean, it was more or less just being myself. Like the only mm-hmm. gimmicky thing about it was Terry um, Taylor wanted me to bite myself at one point in time. He has an autistic kid. One of his kids is autistic, and they kind of do that when they get. I mean, how he put it to me was when they get kind of like stressed out or like over excited or you know whatever, they kind of mm-hmm. would start to bite at themselves. And I was like, "What?" He showed me, and I was like, "Okay." Like, I guess I can do that. And so I know that there's one match with me and Seth from NXT, and it's a very, I mean, I think the match is like seven minutes long or something, and it's a good match for what it is. Um, but, like, there's some of that in there. And I was like, I've, I watched it recently because I know I'd sent a couple of my matches to one of my students just being like, here's a good example of, like, me working as me in a spot trying to get over as opposed to, like, what's happened after kind of being put through the system, you know, being told this is working, this isn't working type of thing, and where you wind up. And so there's like, there's one match with me and Seth that's like 20 minutes long from FCW, and it's before like my hair is kind of cut and stuff like that, and it's a sweet match. And then there's this match with me doing that character. And I didn't think it was bad, but I thought that was more or less what they saw was working. I just didn't think the biting thing was going to stay. Um, I thought there was a mentality to the character of being a little bit crazy and stuff that I could work with, but I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't something that I would call a gimmick that I I thought was going to, I don't know, get me out of there or get me noticed more or less. Like, it just kind of seemed like we were throwing shit at the wall until we made something stick for me. Mm. Um, I was kind of always being told I needed my, uh, needed my gold robe. Like, I was referred to a lot like Dustin, like how, you know, Dustin was really good, but he was only seen as like a certain way until he put on all the shit with Gold Dust. And then he was, mm-hmm. seen, you know, billed as a top star. And so I was kind of told that I needed to do something similar. And I mean, I'd pitched being an Ascension multiple times. I mean, the guys had pitched it multiple times, and Dream would never bite on it. And I mean, really, it just took Hunter finally asking somebody. Like, hey, who would who would work with Connor? And then as fate had it, Norman Smiley and Billy Kidman had been talking about it five minutes beforehand. And I was the one that Norman was saying he should be in an Ascension. And that's just kind of how it happened. So, so I mean So uh, the
1: Ascension was that that was something that they just fit you into. They were already gonna do something like that with whoever.
0: Yeah, so I mean I'm version five. Like me and Connor were pretty much well legitimately like version five of ascension oh. because it was originally ricardo like it was ricardo rodriguez idea he was the one that initially put together ascension and so he had shawl um Guerrero. orlando cologne connor uh tom latimer i feel like somebody else was in there uh, i can't i don't know why i am blanking on me but so there was them and then they kind of interchanged for a little while. I think eventually Orlando got called up, and then it was just Connor and Tom and Shawl. And then Shawl was gone for a little bit, and then Connor broke his back. And then it was just Tom, and then it was Tom and Shawl. And I know at that point, like I, me and Tom did a couple matches together. Where like one time they were like, "Okay, we'll let you be Ascension," and it was a clusterfuck of a match. It was it was very reminiscent of DCW at that time mm-hmm. with some of the talent i was working with and it was funny though like we laughed about it um and then you know dream would keep telling me no you know i think something else for you baby The thing saying it that was always what he'd say and then at the but point he wouldn't tell I was, you
1: what it was he saw for
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there was never that answer um and there wasn't anything like nobody was steering me in any direction at that point in time either it was more or less telling me, like, you got to figure something out or you ain't going to be here much longer. And so that was when I'd kind of come up with the the artist mm-hmm. thing. And so that was kind of what seemed like they were trying to figure out at the time. And then, I mean, I think Tom had been like, oh, Shaw was gone and Connor had been on the road. And so the day we were filming, like, the cold open or whatever for NXT, I'd just finished filming something and Chris Chambers grabbed me and he goes, hey, has, uh, has anybody talked to you? Like, has Hunter talked to you? And I was like, no. Like, why would Hunter talk to me? Like, that, that doesn't happen. He goes, oh, well, apparently he wants to see you and Connor just, like, together. He just wants to film something really quick together so he can see you two, what you look like together. And I was like, cool, but well, this is all I got. Like, I just had my, the gear I was wearing at the time, which wasn't very Ascension. It was much more like House of a Thousand Corpses style, I would say. Um, and filmed a shot and that was it i mean there, there was no looking back and there was no longer any you need a fuzzy jacket or anything like that like i can remember right. kind of as a smart ass saying to uh, you Kenobi know, one day do you need me to write another character bio for you <laughs> and he just like it was like when you see somebody like see the defeat in their um in the bullshit They've had to like put people through, which is that was his job. Just you know, yeah. here's, here's the bullshit you have to go through, and he just went, "No, we get it." And I was like, "Oh, interesting. You find get it. Okay, <laughs> so I now have to say absolutely nothing, and you understand. Cool. That's interesting how it all works." Yeah, Kenobi's always been like that. Um,
1: wh- back to him in a second. Um, so the original Ascension was. All, the, all those people, was that all still like Illuminati imagery and the same idea or
0: was no, that just so the, the name of it? It was just the name of it. And I, oh, okay. I'm trying to remember because the first time I saw them cut a promo, I was like, this is fucking badass. I need to be in this. Right. right okay. I, I wasn't so much Illuminati, but it was, I remember them talking about like the fourth dimension and stuff like that. Uh, okay. So it just seemed, it seemed more gothic. And type of thing and i know dream once he saw the initial promo that they did uh he initially was like i love this ricardo you're out you're already doing something else go away type of thing and dream Mm. took it and was like true blood was hot at the time so they Mm. dream wanted to be he wanted them to be like vampires but never say that they were vampires that was the whole thing he's like if vince here the vampire he's gonna be out like now he doesn't know ever want a vampire vampire that's stupid but you guys will have people think you're vampire (laughs) vampire. okay that was like the whole like kind of production of of them at that time so
1: um okay uh yeah so kenobi um (laughs) was he already at like i forget
0: yeah he got signed like a year and a half before i did
1: yeah, I'm saying it's like, was he ever even at OVW when you were there?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he there was? for a while. Okay. I could, I yeah.
1: can't remember this timeline. So I'm just trying to, okay.
0: Yeah. No, he was there the whole time because I remember, um, when he finally got signed and he was like, I can't believe I finally get rid of this asshole. You know, it was kind of what he said in the meeting, like in a very loving way. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because Kenobi had his ups and downs as anybody in wrestling usually does at these stages. But I mean, um, so he, like, he was good because, like, when I when I got there, he was willing to help me because he knew that, like, I was a talent, but he'd already seen what I'd done in OVW, um, and he knew that there was high potential, and, you know, probably my guess is, like, if he figured helping me out some way would probably help him out, um, because, like, his job kind of became, he made, like, his own kind of spot for himself, I guess, within the company, which probably wound up shooting him in the later on but he was supposed to be the liaison liaison yeah liaison Liaison, like the bridge between developmental and the main roster because they were completely different systems at that point in time and they weren't really paying attention to developmental Mm -hmm. Um, so like he would do a lot of character work and stuff like that with people and he'd kind of let you know like if things were going well or they weren't i mean he definitely came to me one day and was like if you don't cut your hair today and shave you're not going to be here next week let alone tomorrow and i was like cool all right i'm gonna go get a haircut and shave and i'll be back later he's like good idea and i didn't get it's fired it's good yet. to
1: know your value as a human being is just your head hair
0: very much so i mean that's just the dumb thing like i can remember having a conversation with ty bailey where he's like johnny ace doesn't really doesn't like this i'm like he doesn't like my face He's like yeah something about it i was like cool i can't really fucking change that <laughs> that was what i was <laughs> told to do shave your face cut your hair all right grow it all back
4: <laughs> yeah amazing
1: uh karen any uh kenobi stories
4: yeah i got like one i mean it, this is actually when i was an extra in in wwe he was he was you know i guess his part of his job was to kind of manage the extra talent get them where they're supposed to go instruct them on what they're supposed to do this is when adam rose was a big thing yeah and i was
0: gonna say what his actual job at that point was wrangling the rose buds yeah so and there, demoted from whatever the liaison job to that's what he was doing
4: there was always like 20 or like around 15 20 of us so i did it a couple times the first time i did it, they let us like pick out our costumes and um I, you know, I was in, you know, grad, not grad school. I was in undergrad at the time, and I was, you know, acting and stuff. I'm, like, I'm gonna be a clown because I, you know, I like clowning class. Whatever, and be this clown character. And Kenobi's going over what everyone has to do. He's like, guys, it's a party. It's great. You know, you're, you're the rosebud. You got to go out with them. You got to be celebrating, jumping around. But don't be too much because Adam Rose is the star, et cetera, et cetera. And then he looks at me and he's like, because if I see an unenthusiastic clown out there, you're not asked back. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> like, and, and everyone could tell that he's like, literally talking right to me. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, okay, so I went out there and I was like, not in, as enthusiastic to like, get in trouble to be like, so crazy that, you know, but I was probably on par with Adam Rose, like just <laughs> enough to be like, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm enthusiastic. I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> and, and after that, he never, uh never complained about any sort of like, acting ability or enthusiasm from me or what i need to do ever again it was always just just general like here's your instructions i know you can do it cool yeah um that's like my kenobi story i guess he just like i I don't know assumed i was the same karn alexander from OVW from i don't know seven years prior and i'm like bro like hey people change like you don't know, got to call me out on it. Like it would have been a different story if he would have pulled me aside and said, "Hey, man, I know you used to have troubles with this," but he was like, "Let me just call karn out in front of every other extra here, and you know, a few superstars as well, and it'll be fine." Like, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we never. He was never like a huge dick to me, but he and I never really saw eye to eye completely. So, but
1: no, he was never a huge dick. He was always just enough of
4: a just dick. enough to irritate yeah. me. Like he
0: was you know. very condescending. Yeah. He had that like perfect little like twinge of condescending at the end of usually any question that he asked you, which made him come off like a dick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that like it was early, early, early when I got there, um, for some reason people are outside waiting, but like, I'm just, I'm all the way from California. I don't know anybody. I don't have it. So if I go to the Davis arena, I'm at the Davis arena now. And if I can't go in, I'm out there now. I don't have, I didn't have a car or anything like that. So like he, he, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, why don't you come in here and sit with us? It was like him and Aaron Lamada. I think we're in a car. And so I just sat in the back seat of the car, but just like even him asking me to like come in the car, it was like, it was like the hardest thing in the world for him to do. You know, like <laughs> I can't believe I have to do this right now. Yeah. Will you just please sit in this car and not freeze to death? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so uh do you guys do you guys know how he got the Kenobi name?
4: I'd heard he it wrestled
0: a as a Jedi. <laughs> I, they used to play the clip at the beginning oh, of DCW yeah, yeah, all you know, the time. Yeah. I think Danny managed to sneak it in there on him because he used to handle all that production stuff for DCW and then danny put in the the little clip that showed him coming out in his jedi attire with his long hair and everything Mm -hmm. i remember he did like a point at the end of his little spin and somebody at one point in the entrance put a little star on it it was like the only like special graphic that was in the the dcw opening was for kenobi and he never Mm -hmm. once wrestled on the show because he'd been hurt by that point
1: or whatever yeah yeah, he's he he sort of you know if if you guys are n- nobody that's watching knows what we're talking about or who this person is, but, oh, but he like it just just picture like a little like a episode two Attack of the Clones era, you and McGregor kind of like this, this guy yeah, kind of looked like bit that bit at Liam, that time. Liam
0: Neeson and you uh, McGregor mixed together with the way his hair yeah. was at that point. Sorry.
1: Definitely a white guy with a beard. So yeah. you know. <laughs> which there aren't enough of in wrestling these days we, we need more as with beers oh i've got to run in here yes
0: my wife just took off and let the puppy in my in my room so
1: hey that's great for content um yeah, so uh let's uh well speaking of matches let's, let's talk about matches so both of you guys similar situation so i'm in this gimmick called the army of two and my idea for the army of two is it's us versus everybody else in the entire wrestling business. And of course, how we get that across on TV is, oh, we just put them in uh, six and eight-man tags all the time. <laughs> so, but to Karn's point about not getting heat, you don't tell the booker what you want. You know, I didn't, t- to a fault, I didn't tell anybody what my ideas were or anything because I didn't want them to think I was trying to be, you know, too over or comfortable or whatever so you know to it to the debt to the uh to my own detriment to our detriment because you know um and I apologize to Timmy Baltimore on you know on one of my when I had him on the you know one of my shows I had him on and I apologized to him he's like I should have told you some of the ideas for what we were trying to get across but I just felt like. me trying to tell you anything about me was just going to get me heat so i just left you to left you out to try to figure out what we were trying to do and you did set and i was using that to put him over saying how great of an announcer he is because we didn't give him anything but he still basically kind of got it um but that's the thing like You don't want to come across as that douchebag that's like actually so what we're trying to do is you know you just don't want to feel like that but you need to and people like the announcers they want you to right so i'm not going to tell rip like look um i know that uh you want us to do this job for super gloves or whatever but we actually have like a gimmick and a direction we're going in that we we think would be valuable so that you know if we do put somebody over it means something you know you can't say that right. so whatever so and it's just like and you guys are teaming with cody carnage tonight it's like sure we are so you know we have some fun with it um
4: i remember that And the that same
1: was... thing like how many of these weird ass matches do, it's like us two and uh you know apoc and Albarone or uh you know or these 10 mans or whatever or like one of those weird i swear we were in a match one time i think you were on the opposite side vic where it was like you know like one of those 10 mans it's like most falls till curfew or something some weird
0: <laughs> old Reptunium school one too,
1: yes. yeah just so so much so much uh great stuff um my so I'll, so i'll tell us i'll tell a story of for each of you guys and then I'll let you guys tell any funny memories that you have of matches around that time that maybe we were all involved in or or some of us whatever so for Karn it was um you know I was in the position where you know it's like we're kind of in charge of putting the match together and the baby faces just have to do what we say right so Mm -hmm. um so Karn is like uh so uh i have this move i want to do and uh can i so like maybe i can do this move i don't remember what the move is but just for the just for the sake of argument let's say it's a ddt let's say we'll just say ddt it's like i want to do my ddt i was like all right sure you know so um uh i said i'll just uh i'll call it out i'll call it out there (laughs) so we get to the spot in the match where uh i want uh karn to hit his ddt right so i'm like so i go ddt and he's like what and i said ddt ddt and he's like coming closer like what 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 and i was like you know almost i guess the first row could probably hear me so give me a fucking ddt <laughs> so it's a ddt and uh as you can imagine the you know the crowd went wild uh, they signed him to a contract immediately uh right. this was his this was his star making performance uh um but yeah that that's so that that was a uh, that that's my my favorite memory unironically uh with uh with karen in the ring at the time um i'm sure he apologized to me a bunch in the back but i was just like ah, get out of here man whatever it's like it was funny to me but you know it was it was very sort of like representative of what things were like around that time you know and the the sort of experience level because I consider myself like I look at I look at a guy like Apoc coming in I'm like man this guy's a fucking wrestler um and everybody else is like you know I I'm looking at like I'm green and then I've got to be in charge of this guy that's so green and it, it it was a definitely a feeling of the blind leading the blind and even at my most confident and even when I felt like I could go out there and do anything, um, I still had that sort of like is like, man, but if I could just if I could just be like Apoc, like, it's as good as him. Uh my memory of Apoc in a match is everything so everything that you do uh you would do in the ring was it seemed like it was pretty great, as far as I remember, feeling it. Um you know everything looked good the stuff that you took looked good you sold um the stuff you gave out felt good but it didn't feel dangerous of course i mean you're if you're chopping a guy you're gonna chop a guy you know I'm that's snug. just that's I'm just snug. good that's just good <laughs> canadian chopping snug yep. uh you you take a front buckle like i don't know what it is about canadians or front buckles but i guess after you saw bret hart all those years you we'll felt like
0: to Brett. Yeah.
1: How, how could i do any less uh, i've got to i got to kill kill myself on that front buckle um and so i was in a match this one time and i you know you grabbed a headlock and i shot you off and you tackled me and when i hit the mat and this wasn't the tackle that you gave was so crisp you know and i couldn't help but take a good bump right i'm not saying that you gave me a shoot tackle but like i took a real good bump and then i remember feeling like my um my body fell asleep you know like your foot falls asleep yeah You, you feel the pins and needles yeah, like everything from the neck down fell asleep. And I, I, I could move, but I felt like the, my entire body was tingling. And whatever we did next, like however I fed up or whatever we got into or when you tagged out or whatever, but I just definitely have that distinct memory of taking the tackle. My body fell asleep, uh, and uh, it woke back up like when I was on the apron or something like that. But it was a little bit weird. Like I guess I couldn't be too scared because I could still move but it was definitely like a sensation
0: I, unlike anything i'd ever felt before yeah i kind of vaguely remember that now that you've brought it up because i think i just grabbed you in a hold i think i just after i tackled you i must have like noticed like that you weren't moving or something i probably covered you and asked if you were okay and i think yeah, i well. remember you saying i'm a little tingly <laughs> I was like, all right let's well, we'll sit here for a minute get to where we're going yes
1: uh I'm sure that bump was on television, but it's lost to time now, so it's too bad. But uh, I it you know it's probably funny. the was, best shoulder tackle ever, ever recorded.
0: I was thinking about it because, like at that time, back then, Danny would get so pissed if anybody put that stuff online. Um, and I know Pops afterwards, and I think probably by the time after Danny left, started putting a bunch of the DCW stuff on on his page and whatnot mm-hmm. with that because I remember when I used to always see him tweet it out, but. What gets me now is like a lot of the stuff that I know I booked for in OVW was never online. Like Mine and Von Milas' stuff was actually never online because Danny forbid us to take any of that footage and put it online. And even for me to get footage of some of that stuff before I left, it was always time coded so that Danny said he knew if any of that stuff ever got out there, he knew where it would come from and I was like, well yeah, obviously it'd be from the guy you fucking gave it to. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking about how ridiculous it is now because I was like, man, there's like a whole bunch of good wrestling that nobody's ever seen because it's not online. And I mean, there was so many talents with that stuff. And I mean, uh, you know, all because we were respecting Danny's wishes where I mean, nowadays it's like, oh, well, there's a good chunk of like my career history and many other people's career history that Nobody has any clue about it. and I don't know how many guys were actually ever able to get that footage. Like, I was one of the few, because I was begging Danny for it so that I could, you know, try to make myself a highlight reel or something like that for when I was trying to get a job.
1: Yeah, it's got to be oh. somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I know Pop says
0: probably all the DCW stuff. So.
1: Yeah, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to see what we can do about that. Um, like the,
4: the Void Century. Yeah. The Void Century, well, I mean, and yes. that was.
0: It was what we were trying to do to keep, you know, OVW alive at that time, too. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think there was a bunch of weird stuff. Like, it did get switched to, like, a different channel. Um, but I think we had, like, a longer time block or something like that. So there was, like, more stuff that was being used on it. But, I mean, I do none of it ever, I don't know, as far as I know, has ever seen the light of day online. I mean I think I know I still have a bag of DVDs somewhere from OVW and all my stuff, but it's all di- you know, it's sitting in a book somewhere in my room here. Not nobody's watching it. Von Lyles is the only one that ever breaks out her own stuff to watch it.
1: <laughs> right. Um all right. So real quick, uh you know, any any memories, Karn, any match memories from involving like
4: uh
1: you know, oh, man, the three I of just- us or
4: I just you brought up that like them putting me with you every now and then. I just remember the first time we were we were tagged together and you guys were doing the Army of Two thing. The for some reason everybody's character work just like meshed so well. Cause I walk out and I'm like myself and then but they're like that's not Karn's music. And then then you guys walk out behind us and and Zeus is doing his eyeball thing and you're doing, you know, your your agent agent um uh, williams thing and then you guys just stop they're like the fuck is this
0: <laughs> you know what
4: we'll use them it's fine and then like you're like instructed like it, it was it wasn't even just the entrance it was throughout the match we just like our characters for some reason really worked though mm-hmm. they were so different but in that setting i don't even remember who we were wrestling might have been like uh I was,
0: probably was it the four of us i i think just I there think were, were
1: some here. but i know which one he's talking when he's talking about this one time where it's like you know how we would uh face away from the camera and then right. do the about face yeah. like he's he's looking at the camera the whole time and we, we about face he goes the other way so like it just w- w- you know that was that and then i'm sure there were other times whether they were like dark matches or other tv matches where like we were all in there like on yeah. one side
4: so. There was there was some four man or eight man tags that it was both teams, but that the one I remember is that one where it was just the three of us, and they're like, "Car needs something to do tonight. We'll make this a six man," and you know I I don't remember like the Alaskan Assassin and and Richard Cranium or something, and somebody else, a judge or something, just <laughs> no, a random group of three. <laughs> but It was like, okay, but like the, that, judge. That's what I, the what? Judge, judge, the wise reason. You reminded
0: me of the judge because I'm. <laughs> I must I'm still friends on Facebook with them or something but Mm. so sometimes I see his pictures and I'm like I know this guy but I that was what I was missing was the judge yeah judge reason judge Judge Reggie
4: reason right yeah that was was my and then just like every time like you kind of brought it up with the the move I wanted to do but you were always very compared to most people at obw very giving with letting me try things I'm like hey here's this ridiculous thing you're the worst you do be like let's tweak it a little bit uh so no one gets hurt but uh you know you were very much like hey like because you were you know you like you said you were relatively new too so you were also trying new stuff out figure things out so I think you had that same like concept of like you know if I want to do that let's you know let some other guys do it but you were you know enough above me to like know what was what was a little too much and what was you know kind of okay to try out um, so I really, really um, appreciated that, like that guidance and just like that willingness to let me probably make some mistakes and, and learn from it when we did our matches. Whereas most people are like, "Yeah, you're not doing that. You're just going to do what I say at the ring." I'm like, "Okay, you know." Right. But,
1: uh, well, the, the only way you're going to realize how lame it is is if you do it. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I let you do. Uh, <laughs> that's the best way to teach you. What about you, Vic? Any, any like, uh, any memories of it, uh, us in matches or anything like that? From that time, I know it probably like since it was forever ago and it all kind of runs together. I know that's how it is for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember us being in a match together and I, I know one of our opponents was probably like the Alaskan assassin and big mm-hmm. cat. I feel like the one thing I remember was when we finally worked together, like whether we were on a team or opposed was I was like, oh, finally somebody I don't really have to worry about. Um, like at least people that like know ABC. That was such a big thing where I was like, Cool, I don't have to worry about these two on on, you know, something like this. It's just the rest you had to usually worry about. Right. I can like I said, I can't remember a lot of stuff from back then yeah, other than either. just like it was always that struggle to try to like just get a a passable match. That's all I was ever after at that point in time. So I've, I feel like I remember we finally had one. Um, but I you know, I can't remember who we worked. I just know it was one of those eight man tags. I always remember Alaskan assassin being on the other side of them. Uh, probably yes. specs. Um, probably. Cause like, I, I remember how respectful specs was to me all the time. Like it was unreal to me.
1: Um, Unsung hero specs.
0: Very much. Yeah. Cause like um, there was a bunch of, you know, guys like that who were always like, they're awesome. Cause they were good dudes and they wanted to learn and they just were trying their best. And I mean, specs, like he did have something to him um you know um so that's a, that's all I can really remember like so many of those matches just like it's all a blur because it all blurs together
1: like it's we, it's we didn't work we didn't work together that much because the way rip had a hierarchy he took anybody that knew anything and they yeah. were the heels and they were yeah. the leaders and so you and I wouldn't need to work with each other because we had to wrangle some other
0: people right yeah
1: so the times that we actually get in there any you know i felt the same way anytime i you know i remember this one time it's real quick um uh man um was it uh brandon kaplan had a friend like he brought in i forget his name or whatever it was a guy he knew i guess from the indies or whatever and he was not there long but i remember him you know him coming to me and saying you know Hey, uh, you know, shine this guy up or whatever, you know, like as a favor, you know. I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then later on, like later on, like so, I'm in there with him for a while, and I'm like, you know, it's it's kind of like a two birds of one stone. Like I'm trying to shine him up, and I'm trying to, you know, give him some time because you know this is this is a moment i guess so i just you know whatever and then later on rip you know we were watching the tape rips like that you stayed in there way too long with this guy should have tagged out or whatever And i was like yes sir even though i knew like i did it on purpose it's not like i yeah. didn't know what i was doing i did what i did on purpose uh but you know there was lots of times like that where or, or there were there weren't enough times like that where you were in there with somebody that really knew it was your job to be like okay you're a you're a player coach right now so yeah. that's why we never really cross paths too often yeah um, very true um now know. karn you said the void century okay we don't have a ton of time right but we're all kind of you know this is where we made some of our uh people might check out but we're but we're, we're uh we're kind of kind of at least uh, to varying degrees anime guys okay we're, like, we're all one piece guys for sure oh, yeah. um so you know i'm more i'm more
0: behind than all you guys all right. to catch up you'll, you'll get
1: there somewhere. you're but gonna at, get there
0: i checked yesterday episode 619 was the last one just i think cruising. i watched that's like so pretty good there. you know I, I gotta keep it like kind of behind a little bit because i know hulu just dumped out all of those ones not too long mm-hmm. ago so if i finish it all right away again then i have to wait for them to dump out the next couple hundred episodes because <laughs> i don't <laughs> i'd never watch it in uh, the actual japanese Oh, you got to do it.
1: Even, I like, even I Karn watched. had to do it eventually. So yeah, I think I would, when I start, you got to force me to.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I started, I think I actually started watching it with the subtitles and then saw that there was only so much of it I was going to get through that was like subtitled that was out. And there was more actually of the, uh, you know, English one.
2: And so that was why I went with the English. And then that way too, I can kind of like put it on and do something
0: and listen to it at the same time and pay attention. Um, to, like two things at once because whenever i'm at home i'm multitasking where i have something playing or watching and i'm doing three other things at the same time
1: But right. now yeah, netflix I mean, is trying to own the whole thing so eventually all the episodes will be on there in both languages i'm sure they're still they're adding it.
0: yeah they're still way behind like because when be, they they're... did their latest drop it was only at the end of impelled down i think yeah all well that they had on there
1: They've added Marineford on there, but you know what else they did? They start, they're starting to run the right. weeklies,
0: right? So they're, they're skipping up, the
1: entire right. last body of it, but they're putting the new episodes on there weekly, which is crazy.
0: Uh, okay. That was what I hadn't seen. I'd seen that they were doing something where they had it broken up into different sections, but yeah, I hadn't seen, I've definitely not watched anything new because like, even I was, uh, was, I went to the new dungeon a couple, I don't know, a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. dawkins was wearing a shirt and i had no idea who it was because it's somebody newer in one piece and like uh. i made a reference about one piece and he just points at his shirt i was like i'm not there yet
4: spoiler cover
0: that up that turn is. that yeah. inside out yeah it's like don't tell don't say anything
4: so Vic, when you uh when you get caught up on netflix if you need to like share my crunchy roll i got you
0: <laughs> oh gotcha yeah
4: cool That'd probably yeah
1: be so handy. so yeah so karn you're all caught up right everything
4: yeah yeah I'm- I'm actually starting i just started um i'm trying to read up in the manga now so i'm now i'm going to be even further ahead soon when i get time to actually sit down and have a couple hours of reading uh, at a time it became
1: necessary just for the reasons that vic is saying because spoilers are everywhere yeah so i was just like you got to just be current with whatever's current but um but yeah so um how much uh well karen how much time do you got i mean i, I know that you had an out but uh what do you
4: uh all you know what i think that thing might not be till next week now so we're just gonna make this really uh, this month oh. well i i get to choose i mean and i'll talk about you it you get there
2: but okay okay um
4: uh got some other stuff going on too like all right later on in the day but so don't worry about time we'll just okay well well, we we'll
1: we're not gonna go too too long but uh good to know that we don't just have five more minutes all right so um yeah so like uh so what what do you uh what are you working on these days any new stuff catch your eye oh man
4: i got a couple new ones that just started up that i was gonna uh recommend over here for anyone still listening that wants anime and definitely for you guys um one that's on crunchyroll i don't know if it's anywhere else it is how not to use healing magic ah is this one of those? isekai got, you know isekai, but it's got like a different it, it's interesting cuz it centers around the healer in the in the party and hmm. who's training him is somehow figured out a way to use healing magic uh, like aggressively <laughs> so okay. it's interesting um, but it is an isekai the other one is on hulu it is undead unluck ah uh, yes undead one I'm that is
0: yeah, i haven't seen
4: it it's super hard to explain it's very it's pretty absurd um but they're the powers in this world have to do with negating things like the undead guy the guy that's named undead can't die
1: mm-hmm.
4: the the girl named Unluck, she basically touches you and you get a stroke of bad luck depending on certain circumstances so right like, depending
1: on the touch
4: yeah I'm if she if she, if on she, on if on, she on, brushes I'll against right. you on, you'll get hit by lightning yeah, if she kisses yeah. you you'll get hit by a meteor yeah yeah pretty much yeah um it's I'm gonna to run the- and
0: pee real quick, boys. I'll be right back.
4: No problem. No problem. Um, those two are ones I'm really, really been watching that I really like, and one that I was like behind on because I usually don't watch this style of anime. Was um, Classroom of the Elite. Okay, um, I haven't watched it. It's one that it's got a good story to it. It's not like you know, like adventure or, or horror or any sort of like isekai type. So it's literally just these people that are at this really prestigious school um, that has very certain rules that um competition is a huge thing overall and the main character's super creative with how he solves the problems and stuff and I didn't think I'd like it because I just put it on like like Vic was saying just have something in the background sometimes but I can still watch
0: mm-hmm.
4: um but then I got sucked into it and I watched three seasons in like a week.
1: Oh well,
4: must be good. So uh, then that's that's also coming out with new episodes this this year. Those are the three that I've really been on recently other than like one piece and um and stuff like that before last season uh chainsaw man was one i was really big on but that was one that and then uh you put me on spy x family that one was mm-hmm. really good um that's yeah, still going great mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i
1: mean you know so like that's the thing about anime is a lot of people hear it and they have a certain preconceived notion or whatever but it's really just a sort of like um it's such a buffet because you could really get whatever you're looking for you there's there's probably some show based around that they uh they're not all about superpowers or or wacky stuff or whatever um some are just like they just be like regular tv shows except it's animated you know like whether that's a, a drama or you know a sitcom or whatever but um but like uh like so you know isekai is a term we just threw around like anybody really but if you're not familiar it's just it's a whole genre of just things where people end up in some place that's not normal earth they they either show up in some fantasy setting or some futuristic setting or they're in a video game all of a sudden or whatever it's any it, it just means another world basically is what the term means so it's it's there's a whole you know trendy genre right now of all these things that are like you know is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon is one of like the earlier uh you know famous ones that that sort of like you know got popular and then it it started to be a, and they're usually based on like what they call light novels which is like uh it's just like a regular novel or like a young adult you know like type novel but they just have illustrations in some of them you know like illustration every once in a while so they call it a light novel and a lot of those are based on that so that's a big deal but um there's just so many of them that it's like and and so few of them are good and even some of the ones that I you know I tried out and they ended up kind of falling off a little bit like I really didn't after season two of rising of the shield hero I no longer really cared um that kind of fell off uh that time I got reincarnated as a slime is another one that was pretty good um but it didn't stay as good as it started out uh so I just I just sidestepped the whole thing now altogether did you ever you ever finish spider i, I never i never watch any more than what i told you i watched back when i, I told you you that. gotta watch
4: the whole thing it comes i together. can't
1: you i can't do
4: it i've no time i switched to subs for you you gotta at least like give it a shot
1: bye guilt trip ah. all right fine he, he, see see what he did vicky guilt trip yeah, so that's how it goes yeah all right well um so i was just asking uh Carn, like if there's any shows he's been to now uh, you're, you're chugging along in one piece about halfway through. Is there any other anime that you've either historically liked or, uh, anything that you're catching up on now?
2: Um, I mean, like I just been
0: one piece is kind of a jump back and forth with like the other stuff that I watch, which isn't mm-hmm. usually, I mean, nothing other anime wise. I tried to get into invincible the second season of invincible recently. I don't know if you guys oh, watched yeah. that one or Yeah, not. I did. But I kind of, I watched the first, I don't know, one or two episodes. And I, I don't know. I was like, oh, somebody else playing the multiverse role. I was like, okay, now I'm kind of tap me out in a way. So I was like, man, Marvel and DC have so much stuff with the, the multiverse that the last thing I need is another multiverse somewhere else. Yeah. I,
1: I definitely feel you on that, but, yeah. um, I actually thought that, uh, because I liked, I I mean, I liked Invincible the first season. Yeah, I liked
0: the first season, really. Like, I thought it was cool and different, at yeah, least. Yeah, you know, but I did
1: wow. I did think the writing was a little bit ham-fisted in it. So uh, yeah. I actually thought the second season tightened up a lot of the dialogue, the scripting and stuff. Like, I, I like that. Um, but they're doing that thing where it's like, you get half a season and then we take a break. So uh, I think okay. there's supposed to be some new uh, new episodes in March, I want to say. like the new ep- the second half of the second season's coming in march um right yeah I but they left it really. on a decent cliffhanger so i, I yeah i would if you like the first season i'd say stick with it i understand what you're saying about the multiverse though that's just like what i was we were talking about with uh, karn here about all this whole anime that there's a whole just genre of people getting transported to another world actually when i'm watching right now in case you want to add this to your list karn is uh, uh solo leveling i'm if watching it see- yep. You watching okay. that, okay, yep. so like that one's that one's okay, that's pretty good so, so far. Fun. Um, but again, that's more like mm, that's more in common with like Sword Art Online or something, yeah. and say any of these things with long, funny titles, like you know, yeah, what's that? Sword what's the full
4: Art spider Online. title called? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I'm a spider, I'm so, what? So, so what, or something? what? <laughs> or something like that,
1: yeah. What did you say, I Vic? Just, i
4: uh, thinking about Sword Art Online, though. Have you started, um shangri-la frontier no it's it's a good one too it's very so that is
1: though i was supposed to have started it i I'd never even no I, no I it's, it's
4: it's it's a big one that's gotten super popular it's very mm. very much based on a video game there's no like stuck in the world or anything so i didn't think mm. i'd really like it it's just a dude playing a massively realistic video game and this is pretty pretty entertaining so all right. it's not Nisekai. so if you want to check that okay. one out mm,
1: okay all right Vicky you said something i didn't hear you
0: oh i just said i i had watched sword art online up to a point
1: um, up to a point yeah
0: <laughs> yeah because then it just got too massive it just got too kind of silly for me i mean i really like the first season of it i thought was great and then after that it kind of slowly dropped off for me i want to say yeah. but because like that's such a great idea especially with where we are nowadays with technology and stuff right like mm-hmm. so much more vr of like every way shape and form and we're getting new you know devices all the time like how much crazier is it gonna get until we uh, really do unplug from real life and we're just in vr so i mean anytime that i've gone to an old folks home which hasn't been a lot lately but i guess even like before like my grandmother was about a hundred and one actually when she passed away and she was living in an old folks home for like the last five six years of her life or something like that and i was thinking man this looks really boring what's it going to be like by the time i'm old and i need to be in one of these places and i was like hopefully we're all just plugged into some sort of vr and live in a way cooler life <laughs> Yeah, could- oh, yeah. Wind, it, wind it down that way you know I, I mean it seems like we're certainly headed in that direction
1: well, they gotta—they they better tighten that shit up because I already get motion sickness from VR, so I can't wow. imagine when I'm seventy, 70, 80, you know, they're, they're gonna need to make it uh, yeah. a little bit easier on us.
0: So they did. I know the. So I've only really played the PlayStation one, and so yeah. when they had the, the 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 second Spider-Man game or whatever that they did with it, um, I was really worried about it because like a few things really messed me up. Like I can't play if I play Skyrim, I can't like walk. I have to do the jump or else it, I'll be done in like five minutes. But they did something because I was like, man, I really want to try the Spider-Man one. It would be cool. They, they did. They, they've they actually made it so that there's something that kind of slows it down and the, the motion sickness feeling doesn't happen like the no. same as it usually would. Because I figured, oh, the minute I go to swing – i'm done i'll probably be puking and like yeah, tear so- the helmet off because like <laughs> even when i try to play like star wars like in the ships and stuff i'll be chasing somebody and like after a minute of spinning myself around in a circle i'm like cool i'm about to puke i always have yeah. to remind myself not to do that but yeah they've managed to they've done something to kind of change it so that it stops triggering that reaction out of you well, good um yeah
1: that was the big problem, you so you have the the Sony, you have the Sony uh, the two, right? You have the VR2.
0: I have the VR1. Oh have the my god, really? One. Yeah, I don't even have a PS5 yet. I'm gonna oh, buy it. There's oh, nothing oh, on right. it that I want to play yet. That's not, I mean, <laughs> the, I've gone back lately, it's gonna save like, you,
1: but dude, the load times on the PS4 compared to the PS5, you'll feel like you're in an old folks' home waiting to die. Like, yeah, you get it for I, the load times alone is worth it.
0: I know, but I there's nothing that I play right now that's really. Cross between or whatever. Like maybe by the time Grand Theft Auto Six comes out is when I might actually buy a PlayStation Five. um Fair That'd enough. be about it. Because even now, like I've I've got so much on my PlayStation that I don't play. Like I'd started playing. Right. I, I was always a fan of the God of War, and so I'd started playing. You know, the the new one, the not the newest one, but the first one with his kid. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like halfway through, and I got sidetracked something else, and I haven't gotten back to it. And then I started playing because I have Diablo 2 on my Switch. And so I've been actually going back and playing that lately. But so every, every time I finally hit a spot where it gets too hard and I die, and I have to make it back to cut all my stuff back, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a while. So I just hit one of those yesterday.
1: So I, I get Diablo 4s out of the question. We're still on 2, right? Yeah, like I'm still, still on <laughs> 2, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I because one of my buddies showed it to me, and he was like, it's really cool. You should play it. And I'm like, i'm like weird like that now like i have to go back and play all the other ones before i can Mm -hmm. get to wherever we're at now Mm. that's just how i do it i guess hey i I like knowing the origins of of all things
1: yeah i think for me that sort of authenticity is you know important because it puts you in that in that time that everybody else was in um right like i didn't play a, like a souls game until like a couple of years ago but when i did i made sure to play the original ps3 demon souls with the terrible frame rate and the right. poor like graphic it, like I, I wanted to experience it the way it was supposed to be in 2009 yeah. i don't need to play a cleaned up version because that's not the authentic thing right, right. so
0: yeah i like the evolution. how yeah. it all works out like when i went through mass effect originally it was like you know when they only had i guess they had the first three out but they were all like remastered and stuff Mm. and even watching like going from one to two to three just the advancement of it all was awesome like you appreciate it so much more i feel like when you go through it that way instead of just jumping in at whatever the final point is to play the nice cleaned up version of everything I i think so
1: uh medium five says i'm watching the new castlevania like anime or whatever its named. season one was a blast you guys checked out castlevania seems like right up both your alleys
4: i, I did season one it was it was pretty good
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i it heard was it was good but i, I still haven't i mean one there's so much stuff
4: netflix originals i i kind of slept on a lot of the netflix originals for a while but some of them are actually pretty pretty decent
1: yeah i would uh i would check that i've been pleased with it there's like a newer one i forget what it's called like nocturne or something like that i haven't gotten through that one That was kind of where i was at a couple episodes into that but not for any other reason than you know like Vic is saying just you just get sidetracked by something and then all of a sudden you you know just don't go back to it not because you didn't like it just because you just don't go back to it so only got um, so many
0: hours in my day unfortunately yeah that's right that's yeah. And I, you know i've got one buddy that's always recommending stuff to me that he likes and then i find stuff you know that i eventually want to get into like i'm i'm kind of the worst because i'll collect a bunch of stuff that like i'm gonna get into mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. just not today
1: yeah I mean, and COVID well, stuff, was one of my... stuff never stops coming out right so if I mean, the
0: pile keeps getting bigger right yeah i almost need covid to hit again just so i can get back through <laughs> wow. a bunch of stuff Uh, (laughs) you need
1: to go in you need to get in an old folks home so you can finally just watch all
0: this stuff i mean yeah yeah. i mean my life has definitely gotten a lot busier just life-wise so Mm -hmm. i mean an old folks home would be great because i could sit there and not have to do anything but i mean nowadays i'm i'm much busier than i like to be i I gotta keep fighting with myself about it i'm like i really want to sit down but there's 30 other things that i gotta do
1: so yeah relaxing is the best um so yeah so well speaking of uh, time and life and everything so karn you've uh you've decided uh, some things lately you've decided oh. that uh you're gonna do some stuff and yeah. uh you kind of
4: want to tell us all about that sure i mean i i've been in kansas city for about two years now working with uh people watching didn't know ronan stunt company i'm um, doing film stuff and everything and i have some projects coming up but it's that situation where they're not super confirmed so i can't really talk about those however um like we were talking about earlier my transition from wrestling to acting um when basically wwe was like hey you know we'll give you a call and i'm like i gonna try this other thing out for a while i went to go do mostly acting for the sake of getting better at professional wrestling and then went to undergrad and that took quite a few years and then just went to grad school and that took a good many years it's been probably since 2014 that i that i've had like a real match like i was saying earlier the last one was pretty much with bob holly and i mean i was thinking about i've been thinking about this actually for a couple years now since graduating from grad school in mississippi and uh i think i would really regret it if i didn't try wrestling again given what I know now, given that I went to learn more acting stuff and more storytelling um, specifically for that reason. So I wanted to not just make like a Facebook post or something about you know, hey, I'm coming back to wrestling, um, but do so on you know a good friend show. Um, I feel like that's a little more appropriate coming on a wrestling show to announce your you're coming back to wrestling at some point. like I don't know when, I don't know where. I could uh, go to New York, California, maybe Tampa even end up back in Louisville Kentucky I don't know these details yet um but the point is within this week or next week at some point I will be restarting training here at a place called XWC extreme wrestling center here in Mm -hmm. Kansas City um they've been very gracious and allowed me to come in and just um join some of their classes um, which I haven't gotten to do yet because I just just confirmed this so But i will be retraining up to a point with the expectation of returning to professional wrestling to some to some degree um and i was the announcement i wanted to kind of make when i came on the show here today oh
1: all right well um i don't know how to break this to you but uh vic i think you'll agree with me that you went to school for all this acting and whatnot and wrestling's kind of about moves now uh how's your tope kid yeah. Uh,
0: well, that's, you learn that's to get weird. your shit in yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's about now, man.
1: Yeah, you can monologue, but like, can you like, uh can you
4: do like a a four fifty?
0: I mean, that's I mean, that's so the difference between TV wrestling and.
4: Uh, I'm I'm to I think I'm a good enough actor now that I can you know talk for two minutes and I don't need to fucking do any of that shit. But no, don't mean still, I'm you got to be
0: able to do both nowadays. <laughs>
4: i mean i remember when i went to ovw i'm like i want to do 450s i want to learn how to do this and this is like we don't do that like yeah. you're not going to learn that here <laughs> like
0: yeah i mean well, I've, I've told my students the same same because i get asked like well how, what do you do to get over it you get your shit in so look i still say, you I, I
4: guarantee every move that i did before um from any time in wrestling i can still do so if i need to pull that stuff out of my bag of tricks absolutely 100 percent. have no doubt i can as long as they can
1: call it to you four times in a row and
4: hit it hell at this point i might after a few weeks of training i might be the one calling stuff again i don't know Um, extra i mean i don't i don't (laughs) i don't know about uh about um buff bagwell wrestling anymore but i can still do the blockbuster so i got that at least yeah
0: i can guarantee buff can't do it anymore (laughs) he's he's not not. i I saw him a year or two ago and he was Having a rough go. A nice yeah, I did. I buff, buff is he's not in good shape. Hmm. Good while
4: back, but I mean that's yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of guys are getting to
0: that point now that we watched when we were we were kids. Right. Well, we're not that young anymore, which you know I keep noticing more and more all the time when I go to train students because like yeah. I try to do I try to do the least amount in the ring as possible. But right, I mean. Even just me giving a guy a headlock takeover, showing a guy how to do it—if I don't have two sets of knee pads on, my knees hurt for about a week afterwards. It's <laughs> a lot of fun, and I know, like, even Silvio, he—he um, he just recently got a year older, and I was like, yeah, everything's going to catch up a lot more now. There's something about it that extra tick on your trip around the sun—you start feeling it a lot. More.
4: Well, that's the other thing. I figured like now if I'm going to do this, this is the time to do it because I wait a few, you know, three to five more years and restarting is just not going to be in the cards.
0: Yeah. And your body just doesn't kind of snap back into it as much as it used to. Like for me now I can, when I get in to, to train with students and stuff, like I can go for a little bit and I, but I have to push myself to do it. And I can actually feel my body kind of fighting against me and the things that I already think I should be able to do. They just don't happen as easy as they used to. I
4: mean, I'm lucky a since that stunt training and even theatrical combat that I've done regularly has kind of kept some of that muscle memory. Right, there, I learned there's a lot of similarities and crossover. There's subtle differences, but like impact stuff and and just overall, like the wear on the body is quite the same. Yep. So I'm still a little conditioned in that, but it's it's definitely going to still be, it's always a shock to your system when you take a first bump after 10 years or for oh, the yeah. first time.
0: I mean, I let a kid what, give me a snapmare a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh, this will be fine. And I took the bump and I went, that hurt a lot more than that. <laughs> Wrestling laid there for is a real after all. We yeah, were making fun
1: of him earlier, but yeah. it turns out he was right. Wrestling is oh, totally yeah. real.
0: I mean, the kid looked at me and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, no. he was like, is it something I did? I'm like, he did everything just fine it just hurts a lot more than i wanted it to that's all that's right
1: you just say all right you just do the motion of the snap mirror and i'll just gently have a seat how about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. his well, muscle memory is the important thing here not yours right. you know yeah. you, you you know how to take a snap mirror this is not an issue uh yeah. you Let's you get this straight. move down that's what you need to practice kid yeah, yeah. definitely um but yeah it's true i mean god taking a bump i can't even imagine that like all the muscle memory is still there like i would i I would definitely feel like i could just lock up with both of you guys right now but you know taking a bump no no thank you um and even we you were talking about buff bagwell it's like remember buff got like paralyzed in on live tv right right if you were if you really go back and look at buff bagwell like back in 97 98 he didn't do anything i remember actively watching him like what does buff bagwell even do he just yeah. he just is in the ring moving sort of but like nothing ever happens he just stuff right. happens around him and he doesn't move like hardly he does i don't know what he does so even that guy can get hurt you know And yeah. it's like it just it just happens if it's going to happen it's going to happen No, that's true so um but yeah so well good luck with that uh karn with the you know letting people beat you up on purpose thing that's uh hopefully that works out um that's do practice your suicide dive that's all that anybody wants to see now <laughs> everybody knows that that's just your uh that's just part of your uh, shine spot most of the time you won't even bother with the headlock you'll go straight into suicide dive save time um so no. yeah looking forward to looking forward to seeing you out there um You know as far as um you know what you're talking about vic you got death proof dojo everything uh to you know what what are you what are you up to these days that you have to keep getting up out of the house and leaving and doing stuff like whatever you want to tell us that you got going on
0: i mean i work for i work backstage for nwa as well which been fun i mean that doesn't keep me super busy obviously they don't they only run like every i don't know what month every six weeks or so they do their tapings so mm-hmm. I've been working backstage there, which I, I super enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I was gonna like—I don't know—getting back into anything, I suppose. And then you know, like just over just over a year ago now, they were in Tampa, and Sylvia had a bunch of our students there, and so I pretty much all well went to see some old friends and to make sure that the students didn't do anything stupid, mm-hmm. um, or you know, around some of the vets and whatnot. And it turned out I was—I just had a great time hanging out there. Uh, and meeting everybody backstage and I was like this is weird people are cool like I you know not that people aren't cool everywhere but it was just like an all-around very good locker room Mm -hmm. and uh, especially for being I don't know like kind of tv wrestling I guess or having like a little bit more history behind it I didn't know really what to expect and like I kind of started paying attention to the product as well while I was there and I was like I do kind of enjoy this so I sniffed around and talking to Doc, he had, um, like Dr. Tom, he had kind of asked me, he's like, you still want to bump? And I was like, "Uh." Eh. he's like, you want to produce? I'm like, I could maybe do producing, or whatever. you know, yeah. see what happens. And, you know, kind of a couple, well, maybe about a month or two later, they, they contacted me and, and talked to me about some stuff. And so I've been doing that now for, I think almost a year. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to recollect because it's so, it's always so spaced out. Unfortunately. Like I wish there was more stuff that they were doing on a regular basis. But I mean what what it is is fun. I super enjoy the product. Um I mean I'm not big on a lot of what's on T V wrestling and that might just be because it doesn't fit my view of wrestling. So but I just don't watch because I don't want to sit there and say like this is the shits because I think it's the shits. You know. Mm. I, I've had too many old older veterans who are locked into just their viewpoints on things and i don't want to be that guy because obviously whatever you know the two main companies are doing is awesome um because they're all making tons of money and they're on tv and people are living their dreams doing that so however it happens good for them keep it going i mean you know i'm not going to say anything about it um i just find for me i usually don't have two hours to sit and watch wrestling let alone three hours sure um so like nwa is just an easier more digestible for me to watch and i mean even the, most of the stuff i find that like does maybe irk me or piss me off i can usually like kind of find it forgivable because it's from somebody who's younger and still learning or mm. you know whatever else it's, it's kind of easier for me to let go it's usually not something dangerous that i see um
1: yeah
0: i I mean i've seen a lot of talents there who are like improving weekly monthly that type of thing and guys coming into kind of coming into their own in like good ways and stuff like that and so for me it's it's kind of a perfect fit for me And i mean i got to see the outrunners a few times uh, Mm -hmm. which is awesome Mm -hmm. because like i was super happy um knowing they've recently been signed because they were after it for so long and working real hard and getting their stuff in and uh Mm -hmm. It is spin. funny. Be- they got the yeah. spin, and yeah, it is funny because, like, I've been I've had to work with Austin Idol a little bit, who is the quintessential of, of an older wrestler who says, "I don't like this because of mm-hmm. this," you mm-hmm. know, and they're the exact thing. Like, they I know they did something. I think the last time I produced something with them, they were with Austin and Zion in a eight man tag match um, for the pay per view, and you can kind of watch. i've seen it on camera but they're they're just doing their thing while austin's going off doing his thing and like the interaction to me was priceless to see like kind of knowing them all and because austin was just getting pissed off by them but he's already like cutting a promo where he was pissed off to begin with so it kind of like added to it more and more because uh one of them would just be like hey talk about us and like he's not going to say anything about them (laughs) Like, he's already got his agenda to discuss. And so, like, he'll be in the middle of cutting his thing and he'll stop for a second. And one of them will be like, Talk about the Outrunners. He'll be like, Shut up. (laughs) He just yells at them to shut up. And I'm like, This is gold. And, you know, I was telling him afterwards, I was like, That was so good. I'm like, The match was really good. The segment was really good. Like, Ah, I don't know about those kids. You know, they're too bouncy, spin around too much, all this sort of shit. And I was like, That's what works. I mean, right I said yeah. to him both of those kids worked for a decade and just working didn't work for them so yeah. what they're doing now is working so like yes that's pro wrestling to
1: me yeah you gotta be you gotta you gotta look at what everybody else is doing and then see yeah. what you can not do um that's basically how it is and uh yeah. nwa is good because they have like you know you're talking about the up-and-coming guys and guys that you're working with and producing yeah. but they've got guys what you just awesome idol you know right. they've got guys that have been there uh you know there's guys like at every sort of like stop along the journey
4: yeah
1: are kind of under one roof in nwa so yeah. you know combine that with the the classic you know throwback look the studio right. wrestling yeah. um it, it gives it gives like the the kids are real good sort of like um it's like going in a time machine like they it's almost yeah. like they get to feel like it's not exactly like it was in the territories but as close as you're gonna get and it's a valuable yeah. education nonetheless because you got guys like Austin Idol that were in the territories right. so I mean
0: there's so many guys there that like the the amount of knowledge is like pretty amazing from top to bottom like in just the different I mean there's wrestling always has different flavors of ice cream. You know what I mean? But NWA has so many different flavors and it all kind of like works together very interestingly. Cause I mean, some mm-hmm. of the stuff that I mean, a good way to put it is like the, the boss, uh, William, William Corgan doesn't, uh, he doesn't always know wrestling terminology. So like whatever his idea is, sometimes he will say, but make it wrestling. He's like, this is my idea. Okay. I'm giving this to you guys to work with, make it wrestling. And mm-hmm. so, like, then you kind of get like this conglomeration of the wrestling brains, like, that all put it together to then kind of transfer that through the, into the talent and what the talent brings out. And most of the time, it all works out. I mean, I, I, there hasn't been too many times I've seen something that turns into a, a clusterfuck, but it's usually not due to communication. <laughs> I would say, but it's pretty awesome because, like, sometimes you get something that's tricky, and you're like, "How the fuck do you make this work?" And I mean, Austin Idol, he he's pretty unique at like the simplicity of what it is of how like he'll take something that seems really complicated, and he'll simplify it, and it it works very easily, and then it turns out really good, and you will get the exact desired effect, you know, and even. On the other end of the spectrum, you get a guy like Homicide, same thing, you know, and such a different style, Mm -hmm. but yet still with that knowledge of things, finding a way to make it all fit and make it all work together and and just makes it a lot, makes it a lot more fun. I mean, I've enjoyed this part of wrestling more than I've enjoyed working in a long time. So.
1: Well, that's good. Cause, um, you know, for one reason or another, uh, some places make people that used to love wrestling hate wrestling yeah. and well, they it, to a certain degree even with fans there's generations of fans that just think that's all wrestling ever was and right. it's not true it was yeah. just that kind of presentation but they're not the end all and be all so there's right. just there are still things to enjoy there are still things to you know that that, that are like back when we got into it you know, like when we we saw that stuff growing up that we liked, um, you know, there's a way to kind of reach back and and get some of that stuff and harness some of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, well, NWA is cool for that because when they do that TV production, it's very much the old school like TV thing. Like the first time I walked in into their TV taping, I was like, holy shit, like this looks exactly how old school NWA looked. And then I've been mm-hmm. to the pay-per-views and I'm like, this is exactly how new wrestling looks. So I'm like, this is a great blend of that. You know what I mean? The actual history, still having some of the new and blending it all together. And to me, it's much more fun. It's a product that I enjoy watching. I know maybe not for everybody, but I mean, if you're a wrestling purist at all and I have that appreciation for it and you're not just stuck on you know, only big TV production, it's a great place to watch wrestling.
1: Yep. And now they got the, uh, the CW deal so like the cw can, app yeah you can yeah, you watch it on the, you can, on the you app the, uh, you can get for free website or right you can do the yeah, website CWT
0: too right com. yes i've had to tweet and Instagram.
1: Yep, that's, that's what's up, up. modern it's it's, yeah. it's 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 it feels like it should be on a tube television but you can watch it on your phone or your uh right your super super curved uh oled 4k monitor
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: so um So yeah, that's good. Well, um, I could uh, sit and talk to you guys all day, but I think we should let you go and do those things in the future. But uh, if we're going to follow along with you, uh, we're going to want to know where we can do that. So Karn, tell the people where they can follow along with you on your journey.
4: Uh, Most of my stuff is going to be put through my Instagram, and that is at the Karn Alexander. That's my my address so definitely give me a follow and I will make sure you get all the updates on anything I'm doing Alright, anything else uh, that you want to put over before you go? Um, no, just uh, just the, some of those projects I wasn't really allowed to publicly talk mm-hmm. about right now I will be updating those soon as I get information so definitely that's, that's where it's going to be it's all going to be on that Instagram so hopefully I can get some info on the wrestling side of things as well as the film side of things here to everyone soon nice um
1: yeah i'll definitely be watching uh and uh vic uh, you talked about nwa you talked about the cw app uh anything else that you want to get over? i know you that lovely uh beautiful voice has uh yeah, done some you can, uh you can always yeah, hire some me somewhere.
0: to do your, your youtube videos or whatever you need voiceovers for through fiverr that's where i make all my big bucks on voiceover nowadays Right about there. as cheap as it comes, but I mean, it, it brings me some interesting stuff. I like doing it.
1: So a great value is what you're saying. Like
0: it's a very great value. You say cheap, I hear line, value. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't beat it. You got the Z-list celebrity like myself with this beautiful voice. Uh, that's I will say, it's not motivational. People quit asking me to do motivational videos, telling me <laughs> that I'm guy. not motivational. I already I already know this. I would say you're voice. a
1: CW list celebrity, but that's just me.
0: I mean, uh, maybe. Yeah, First I don't know about that. Gig. Yeah, exactly. Right. Then I have to know what I always see the ad because I get these targeted ads where there's the one guy who's like, you have to know how to blink in anime or voiceover. <laughs> and it, it makes me laugh every time. Cause I'm like, I get it immediately. <laughs> it's not just like blink, blink. It's, you know, <laughs> like that's a blink in anime. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. Um, what was that? Somebody said, I want to hear yeah. Vic say what?
1: <laughs> How are you doing? You don't have to put over that guy. <laughs> about, that's, that's the All right, there, it from is. there He clipped it. He clipped it. He'll he'll jerk off to it later. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And social media handles for everybody that.
0: Yeah, mine's at Vic, the Space Lord. There's definitely some underscores in there, but it's only mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. On my screen. Face. Both of them. So,
1: Very nice. I don't think so, I have any fake
0: accounts, actually. that cool nah me neither
1: those are for the A-list celebrities right you guys are on your way there but just not yet you're not (laughs) over until someone's trying to pretend they're you online exactly so so I think we're I think all three of us are safe so uh, with that being said uh, thank you guys uh, for spending time today uh, making up for uh, Tony Khan's lack of uh, you know uh, content Um, he could have put the outrunners
0: on TV this week. Hey,
1: did you know? Actually, did you know that just this past Thursday on Ring of Honor, the outrunners won a match?
0: I think I saw that. Yeah, I keep seeing they're claiming something is AI that happened in that. I don't know. I saw it again today, and I was like, looks like they won. That's all that matters.
1: The win was real. The win was real. So that's that's all that matters. So all right. So. Yes, once again, thanks to Karn Alexander, Vic the Space Lord. and uh, so for those guys, I'm the vet, and I don't have a sign-off line. Jimmy, take us out. I'll ride
2: or to the end, no, buddy, got my back like she do when it gets slow. Fucks like a porn chick, party's like a rock star. Spray paint our names in a heart on this cop car. When I'm with you, I don't wanna leave here Anything you need is give me the time and place, I'll be there Anybody hatin', mistaken for thinking we care And for the first time in a long time, I see clear Yeah, I'm hypnotized by the way that she feels Ain't no limit to the love and the things we can build The butterflies in the rise, she got looks to kill And if I die, she gon' be right there, so Come, my lady, come, come, my lady You're my butterfly, sugar, baby Come, my lady,
3: you're my pretty baby I make your legs shake, you make me go crazy Come, my lady, come, come, my lady You're my butterfly Fly, sugar, baby Come my lady, yo, my pretty baby I'll make your legs shake, you'll make me go crazy. All the girls get excited when they play this song Some had the chance, but they played it wrong I'm not the kind of guy that you take home to mom But the thing I love about you is you know they're wrong You don't wanna suck, want a man that's strong The kind of guy that makes it hard to keep your panties on I'm at your front door like a am Amazon And I don't get shy when the camera's on Crazy town, baby, you can do the dance Another dirty love story like true romance middle sex and slow jams we hold hands you're the only one the other girls got no chance so sad you like my lifeline Now's the right time To let your light shine You never really know Just what you might find I'm never gonna hurt you In my right mind Sex so hot I got a new best friend I take my tongue tying out With a cherry stem You know I rock hard But I move to the slow beat Eight hey, glam move fire Pink heart emoji Come my lady Come come my lady You're my butterfly sugar baby Come my lady You're my pretty baby I make your legs shake. You make me go crazy Come my lady Come come my lady You're my butterfly Sugar, baby. Come my lady, yo, my pretty lady. I'll make your legs shake, you'll make me go uh-uh. crazy. Come, 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 come and dance with me, come and dance with me. Come and dance with me. You know you got